I knew a man named Cowboy and he fight for you. Whoever you choose, with mullet hair, Reebok shorts, and four-ounce gloves, he would throw the old one too. He could kick so high, kick so high, and then he'd score a knockdown. He just had a fight down in Las Vegas. Well, he was down and out. He looked to me to be the very eyes of age. As he made his walk out, talked of life. Lord, he talked of life. Laughed, hugged his kid, and stepped. He said his name was Cerrone. Then he took a step right across the cage. He grabbed his pants, took a better stance, kicked up high. That's when he dropped his hands. Then he took that kick. Lord, when he took that kick, he just slumped to the ground. That was Mr. Saroni. Mr. Saroni. Donald Saroni. Lord, what a fight! Oh, welcome to the Fighting with Myself podcast, the podcast for the above-average MMA fan, hosted by an above-average man. And I am that man. My name is Juice, and that was the sound I made when they announced the winner. Of Roxanne Modafferi versus Macy Barber. Welcome everybody. I am so glad to be doing this episode for you. And let's get started. Uh, quickly, we're going to cover uh, 246. Going to give a quick recap of the night. And um, always uh, give a positive shout out to someone in the community. Then we're going to go over some news tidbits. Some fun matchups that have been announced. And... Um, Everyone's favorite segment, the forum. And before I get you out of here, we're going to preview the next week's card in Raleigh, North Carolina. Wow. So first of all, I'm back. The UFC's back. You're back. Everybody's back. Man, this was uh, an incredible night of fights. Now, if we're judging the card as a whole, uh, you know, putting it up against any card in 2019... It, it, Maybe doesn't stack up as some of the more, you know, 
loaded fight card. You know, certainly 245 was more loaded, 244, uh, things like that. You know, there were there were some fight cards that certainly d- delivered more um, in terms of action, but um, certainly name value at times. But uh, I thought this card really benefited from, I mean, A, the main event, and just B, um, being the first card back after a long break. Like I've I've said this before, I think absence makes the heart grow fonder. Um, we were we were all like jonesing, we we're all chomping at the bit to have the UFC back in our lives. So that certainly, uh, you know, I'll I'll admit that certain things that, you know, in a, in a week when we have like eleven straight cards, um, you know, some of these some of these fights might have been somewhat lackluster by that uh, comparison. But I for the most part, I was just so happy to be back. You know. You know, watching fights, like big fights, I, I don't know. I liked it a lot. Um, that said, I do have some opinions on on some of these fights. So we're going to go over. I think we're going to cover every fight actually, because I did. Uh, I covered every fight last week in terms of my breakdown. So, um, open up the car. We had Sabina Mazo versus JJ Aldrich. And uh, oh, I will say this disclaimer uh, before I kind of run through this. You guys know I have no problem taking an L when it comes to these fight picks. Um, I pick with my heart. I wear my heart on my sleeve and, um, I have no problem being wrong. It's, it's more fun that way. You know, you learn something that maybe you didn't, uh, learn before, which is always nice. Um, that said, you know, I'm involved in this, uh, fight pick championship and, um, you know, if there's a fight I'm like a little conflicted on, you know, I kind of reserve the right to change it throughout the week. And there were two fights, uh, and I'll cover when I get to them, where I changed my pick in fight week because of something that uh, I saw, whether it be at the weigh-ins or um, uh, what's it called, just from like hearing other people's breakdowns of it, things like that. So um, it's funny. Uh, I, so, so I said there was two fights that I switched. One of them benefited me. The other one didn't. So it kind of canceled out. So I kind of I went seven and four overall. Um I almost put eight and three because I kind of forgot that I had changed one, but I was like, oh shit, gotta be seven and four. Um, so, uh, Sabina Mazo defeated JJ Aldrich. Um, that is, that was my pick as well. I thought Sabina was going to take it. Well, say it was a much closer fight than I anticipated. In fact, there's some people out there calling it a robbery, uh, or at least if, if not a robbery, they're saying they thought JJ won handily, uh, or, or clearly on their scorecards. And listen, if you, if you score for JJ, I got no problem. She snapped Sabina's head back a few times with that straight left, but, um, you know, for me, uh, I, I thought Sabina took the first two rounds. Uh, that said, you know, my feeling on calling a close fight a robbery, not a fan of it. Um, you may have had the other person winning, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was a robbery. I will, I will say that as well, like, um, fucking when they're reading the scorecards, you know, when uh, when there's a split, um, Bruce always says the names of the judges. And he announced the last one was Adelaide Bird. And I was like, well, fuck. Like, this is going to be controversial, like, no matter what. You know, because Adelaide Bird has been known to just fuck up MMA sport scorecards. Boxing cards as well. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, she was the one that gave uh, the first uh, Canelo Triple G fight uh, sc- you know, scored in favor of Canelo like handily when 
Kenny Lawless is getting that ass beat. So, um, yeah, Adelaide Bird, sit the fuck down in general. Um, but I, I had it for Sabina, so I got no problem with it. And it, it was a fun fight anyway. I mean, um, both both ladies uh, showed showed grit, toughness. Those knees in the clinch, dude. I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought it was great stuff. Um, I would have liked to see more grappling. Um, not necessarily like clinching like they were doing. Uh, at least Sabina was trying to get that clinch, but I, w- I would have liked to see. They, they both kept talking about how you know. I think they said both of them were a brown belt in jujitsu. Um, I would like to see a little bit of groundwork. Um, so long as it's not like the majority of the fight. But uh, nonetheless, a fun contest. Uh, next up, we had Alexa Kamor defeating Justin Ledette, a.k.a. the Flat Earther. I was going to bring that out because it's so ridiculous. But um, this is a lot closer than I thought. I, I didn't give Ledette enough credit because um, I felt like, especially after listening to the uh, MMA Marks podcast uh, this past week, this buddy was saying how um, looking back at Ledette's record kind of feels like he sort of like fed to a lot of people, like to kind of make a name like uh, Alexander Rakic, Johnny Walker, like people they want to build up. So he's like, so maybe they're trying to build this Kamer kid. They just signed him and they want to give him this, you know, can so to speak. Uh, and, and I thought I thought Ledette is much better as a heavyweight. Like he went three and zero in the UFC as a heavyweight, um, and I, I was really honestly like shocked when he went down to light heavyweight. I was like, bro, what are you doing? Um, but I guess he feels comfortable at this weight. Um, yeah, that said, it, it was it was pretty close. Like the way they were talking up Alexa Kamar about like being a training partner of of Stipe and all that, I was like, okay, he's about to do work. And it was just sort of a close, sort of boring light heavyweight fight, like most light heavyweight fights are, right? Um, so I can't say that I'm like excited for this kid uh, Kamar so much as I am just like, okay, cool, a fresh face at light heavyweight, cool, and maybe. Um, you know, he can be a bounce back win for somebody else. Like I honestly, like I'm like not invested in this guy so far, but we'll see. Uh, and then you had next uh, opening up the that was so that was the early like fight pass prelims or ESPN plus prelims depending on where you're watching. Um, and then you had opening up the televised prelims. Drew Dober knocking the fuck out of Nasrat Hakparast. AKA Diet Kelvin. Shout out Reusable Shoe. I've been hearing a lot of people say Mini Kelvin, and that's great in its own right. But no, when I saw uh, fucking Reusable Shoe saying Diet Kelvin, I'm like, that's it, dude. That's it. It's Diet Kelvin. <laughs> Especially because he's in a lighter weight class. It's like he's more, he's dieting more. It just makes me laugh. But uh, yeah, Nasrat Hawkfrost got fucking smoked, dude. And it, it's so funny because, like, I said this last time, like, <laughs> like, Drew Dober um, surprised me in his last fight against Polo Reyes. Like, I kind of underestimated him. And I was like, I'm going to underestimate him again because I, I thought, you know, Nasra Hakpras is the real deal. Like, Polo Reyes was one of those where I kind of knew. I not knew it would end that way. That was still surprising. But I, I kind of was, like, not liking his chances 100% because uh, he, he's been a little up and down lately. But I always, I always try and pick Polo Reyes for that amazing fight that I uh, saw him in in 199. But this one, Nasra, like, Nasra is the real deal. Uh, and I was like, okay, okay. He st- 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 starched him. I mean, slipped the slipped the right hand, came over the top with a beautiful left, and just put him down. And uh, that 
we can I think we can call a bit of a late stoppage uh, in my opinion. Uh, but I like that Drew Dober was like sort of more like surgical with it uh, with the follow up shots. Like he kind of knew it was over, but he knew the ref wasn't going to stop it. But he wasn't just like wailing to try and get the finish. He was like, let me pick the shots. Let me show him how fucking out this guy is. And man, um, cra- crazy fight or, or crazy knockout. Really, I mean, can't really call it a crazy fight. It was a fucking first round knockout. But wow. And um, Drew Dober, I mean, I like when guys show respect. Like afterward, after he knocked him out, he he just kind of sat there on his knees and like waited for him. And uh, I think that's cool. I think he did the same thing uh, in Minnesota uh, when he when he fought um, Polo Reyes, which was uh, which is just nice. Like I like a good. You know, I like bad blood as well. Like when there's tension and they're like, yeah, fuck you as well. But when they settle it afterward and when they show respect, that's the shit I do like. So uh, kudos to Drew Dober. Drew the Lego Dober, which I can't. We're going to get to that. It's a little teaser for the forum. Um, and then next up, dude, Askar Askarov defeating Tim Elliott. Like this one, it, I have to say, like this was another case of like, so like last time I picked Asker to to beat Brandon Moreno because he's like an undefeated Russian, he's like hyped up, and I was like, yeah, dude, let me pick this guy. But I fucking love Brandon Moreno. I can't believe I did that. Brandon Moreno won that fight, and he got that was I think you maybe call a robbery, like in, at least in a way. Like I definitely had Brandon Moreno winning. I was like, what? And they announced Asker Askarov. So I was like, man, maybe he's about to get this karma from Tim Elliott. And uh, nope. Like so, Tim Elliott at one point. He goes out on the feet. Like, Askar hit him with, I don't know if it was a left. It was his big winging shot. And Tim Elliott, like, kind of dropped his head a little bit. And his body seemed to go limp. But he didn't, like, fall to the ground, like, initially. And I could have sworn, like, Tim Elliott's known for, like, wilding a little bit in the cage. Like, he kind of, like, you know, does some weird shit. Um, and, which I'm all for, by the way. Um, love Tim Elliott. But uh, when he did that, I was like, oh, he's wilding. And then immediately I was like, oh, no. Oh no, he's like for real out. And um some of those positions like I, I was I was legit scared for Tim Elliott at certain certain points, but good showing I guess for Oscar Askarov. I guess now I have to be a believer, even though it wasn't that long ago that I sort of was a believer. I just sort of like fucking counted him out. But hey, that's me. I'm fickle as shit, and I know that, and I own it. Um, <laughs> kudos to Askar. Uh, oh, and then I think, you know, the, the one fight that everyone kept, like I, I had a couple tweets out there where I said, you know, what fight are you looking most forward to, uh, other than the main event? Uh, or actually I think I even included the main event. I was just like, you know, what fight on 246 are you looking most forward to? And almost unanimously, or not unanimously, probably about like 50% of people were picking this next fight, Sadiq Yusuf and Andre Feely. And I would say for the most part, it delivered, man. Um, it was a bit more technical than I thought. I mean, I knew Sadiq was going to be the more technical guy, uh, but Andre Fila has has nice technique as well. But uh, I just kind of was like expecting a war. Like I think they knew the technique would be sort of on point with each other, and that they might just have to like grit might have to play uh, a big of a factor. But uh, Sadiq getting that win, nice win for him. I think it's time for like a big step up for Sadiq. He's doing work in this division, and it's deep. It is one of the deeper divisions, you know, in the UFC. So, so there's that. But it's like, come on, give my give my man's a top top ten, all right? Like that's it, that's it. My hands are tied now. My hands are tied now. 
Speaking of hands are tied, on my notes, I've written. Now, I when I do this with this prep, right, I just say, like, Sabina Mazo defeated J.J. Aldrich, and then I know what I'm going to say based on that. You know what I wrote for this next fight, dude? Roxanne Modafferi beat the brakes off Macy Barber. Dude. I would say I hate to say I told you so, but I love to say I told you so. I've been waiting for this moment for weeks, dude. I had to endure the incessant trolling of these barber stands. These fucking people who are like, oh, she's the future. She got hands, bro. Your girl's in trouble. She's going to get KO'd. First of all, fuck you. Second of all, fuck anyone that looks like you. Third of all, I'm not done yet. Dude, this was a master class. I mean, this was vintage Roxy. Are you kidding? Like, th- this fight could not have gone more perfectly, uh, except for the times when Macy reversed. I mean, there's that, right? Uh, and the one thing I do hate is that, like, the the one thing people are clinging to is that uh, Macy hurt her knee in the fight, and they thought, oh, what would have happened if she didn't hurt her knee? You know what? Shit happens in fight. Deal with it. You know, oh, her knee was a balloon. Ugh. Get out of here, you fucking cucks. I'm, I'm so... Done with people hyping up Macy Barber. She's she's canceled, bro. That's it. I I, I hope she goes back to 115 and we never have to hear about her in the flyweight division ever again. Youngest champion, fucking break John Jones record. Get the fuck out of here, dude. But this this honestly this made my heart full. I was so happy for Roxanne. You know, I I won't go into too much, but um. She's just such a good person, and you know uh, we've connected since um, since she found the podcast and um, and and shouted me out, and she's just been um, just a great source of positivity in my life, and uh, I think I think she can be that for everyone, you know. In all honesty, like who 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 doesn't love Roxy in in that way, you know, in, in terms of that like positivity. You may not like her fighting style. You may not you know be like you may pick against her if you're one of those people that thinks you know being correct on a fight is some big trophy or some fucking stupid reason but like who in their right mind is sitting here uh disparaging her attitude i think we can all learn from that i mean you talk about someone who who lost in their last performance and was counted out by everybody do you think she listened to that no i could do a whole show on this i really could but I'm just so emotional and I, I just feel like I keep repeating myself. But, you know, the fight starts. Macy's trying to get in her face. Roxy slips, hits her with a, with her own uh, cross. And I, I honestly, I think she woke Macy up. I was like, dang, dude, giving her the business. And at one point, I don't know if it was the first round or the second round, she dropped her with a jab, dude. Roxy Rosenstrike over here. Are you kidding me? Dropped her with a jab. I only saw it the once. I saw I saw people saying it happened twice. I'm going to watch it again. Fuck it. Dude. This was a classic tale of the cocky young fighter running into a savvy vet. Tale as old as time. And shout out to everyone who was riding with me. I was listening to a lot of other shows that were saying, uh, oh, people are, you know, emotional about this fight because they love Roxy and they uh, are jealous of Macy or they hate Macy or whatever. And I'm like, 
where are you seeing? I'm only seeing the fucking Macy praise. Aside from my my people, my my Roxy fans, you know who you are listening to this podcast. I was seeing everyone talking about Macy. Your boy Phil, MMA dude. Your boy Fight Geek over split decision. Both of them were, were counting Roxy out. And I will be collecting my apologies from you, gentlemen. I will be collecting and expecting my apologies. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Everyone's telling me uh, congratulations. And uh, you'll hear it in the forum. <laughs> As I'm doing my prep and I'm playing these questions out just to make sure they're not like shitty or whatever. And uh, which they weren't, by the way. None of them were shitty. I, I use every question. But um, it, my wife is hearing people congratulate me. She's like, I have never heard people congratulate you more for a fight that you had absolutely nothing to do with in my entire life. <laughs> so, yeah, this is me saying I know I had absolutely nothing to do with this. But now I get it. I get why sports ball fans say we when they talk about their team. Dude, when I when Roxanne fights, I feel like I'm I'm cage side. I feel like I'm there. I feel like I'm in her corner. I feel like the coach that says, Oh, we're gonna go out do this. we're gonna hit her with the one two. Like we like that's how I feel. Like all week I've been saying, We're gonna get this win. Can't wait. And uh I honestly thought like you know what's so funny too is like for the last for the last fight the Maya fight I was like I had anxiety the entire fight my heart was beating out of my chest and I was nervous. This one, dude, I was I was amped up. I was invested. I was on the edge of my seat, but I was so confident. I swear to God, I I just knew I was like people are gonna be shocked. You have no idea what's coming, and be like before the fight, I was expecting that similar level of anxiety. So I was kind of expecting, to be honest with you, like I was expecting tears either way, like happy tears or like whatever. Like, but this time I was just like, I was like, I knew it. That's it. I just felt, I just felt vindicated. I, I felt like everything that I've been saying for these past weeks has paid off. And again, I take no credit at all. I'm just so hyped and so happy for her. Uh, she deserves it. And, um, there, there's a couple fights that people are talking about and that's next for her. Um, I like to, I like to think about the one that, um, I proposed as being next. Uh, but someone, someone else offered something that also might make sense. Um, so, uh, I don't hate that, but, um, I won't, I won't, uh, spend too much time on this. Cause like I said, I could do a whole show on this and we're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna take up too much of that time. Cause we got a lot to fucking cover today. And then that that ended the prelim. So moving on to the to the pay per view, uh, which by the way, speaking of pay per view, hey, ESPN, if you're gonna charge me sixty five dollars, and you got these fucking uh, pirate sites streaming this shit for free, you better come correct. You better have this shit work. My my stream was skipping all night. And I, when I say stream, I don't mean an actual stream. I mean the motherfucking pay-per-view that I paid for, dude. I am against streaming. And I've paid for this fucking pay-per-view, dude. And this shit was skipping all night. I was, I was literally like worried I was going to be behind. But eventually I caught up. It was so fucked up. That's a, a Diego Fajera um, submitted Anthony Pettis. Uh, I believe that was the second round. It was uh, it was a clinic. Um, Pettis looked looked decent early, but for the most part, this is what I expected. Uh, I expected that Diego would be too much for him, 
and uh, that certainly turned out to be the case. Uh, and I guess not, nothing else more to say. I mean, when, when something goes exactly how you how you thought of it, that's exactly the, that's all there is to say. Although to be honest, I did think it was going to be like a war. I just thought like Diego would win every round. Like I thought it'd be like thirty twenty seven, maybe thirty twenty six. Uh, which by the way, actually going back to the Roxy fight, one judge scored a thirty twenty six. So when I was tweeting out that the first round could have been a ten eight, you know, don't don't fucking come at me, bro, because one judge agreed. Okay, so that's it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, by the way, I'm completely sober. It sounds like I might be on coke or something. I'm one hundred percent not. One hundred percent. I'm just I'm just amped up. So happy to be back, dude. But yeah, Diego Fajera did work. And, uh, you know, he's one of those guys, I, I think I heard a quote from his coach earlier in the week that says that they, they know he's pretty much going to have to go on like a Tony Ferguson-like streak before he gets a title shot. And I'm, I'll just say, I like, I kind of agree. Like, isn't he now like f- five in a row or six in a row? Could be six in a row. And he's just now cracking into like the, the top 15. Like, it, it it's going to take a while, you know? So, but he deserves it. Fucking A. Awesome guy. Um, and, and, and I also think, like, one of the reasons why he's definitely going to um, go on a, um, have to go on a long win streak before he gets a sniff at the title uh, is that he just, like, I don't say he has no personality, but it's just, like, he doesn't show it enough. Like, you know, and he's just sort of like, hey, I'm here, happy to be here. You know, he's kind of respectful, which is which is a breath of fresh air in some some cases, but... Um, you got to have those skills on the mic um, to get it done. Uh, and then next up, my man Brian Kelleher did work against Ode Osborne, dude. And let me tell you something. This was one of the fights that I flip-flopped on. Uh, and so I, on the podcast, if you remember, I picked Brian Kelleher, love this guy, and I was like, he's going to return to form. I was nervous that he was coming off that long layoff and a loss, and I was like, oh, I don't know, but I was like, you know, I have faith in him. And then throughout the week, I just, I, for some fucking reason, I decided to listen to you, uh, people on Twitter. They were saying, oh, Oday Osborne is going to, it's just time to shine. Uh, something like that. People were talking about his contender series, uh, fight. And I was just like, you know what? Maybe they're right. Maybe I'll pick Oday. So for the five week championship, I picked Oday Osborne and I was fucking kicking myself when Brian Kelher got that guillotine. But at the same time was really happy for him. I mean, I was talking about this with my friend Leo after the fights. He like... He's he snatched that guillotine like he forced that to happen. It wasn't a situation where Ode shot on him or he like left his neck out there or whatever. He was just up against the cage uh, where you'd want to land like some elbows or whatever. And he was like, no, 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 you about to get this guillotine and forced the arm in as well. Like he could have got a uh, I guess they call it a naked guillotine without the arm. Um, he fucking like snaked his arm around the like got the overhook, snaked it through the neck, and was just like, no, no, no we're, we're we're doing this, and then sat back into that guillotine. That shit was tight, and he I guess he trapped both arms um, uh, so so much that Ode had to tap with his feet, which was hilarious. Um, I, I probably, if I had to guess, I bet he also verbally tapped, like, because because people can kick to like try and get out submissions, and, and that's also like a way of showing that they're not out. So I would imagine the ref is not looking at the feet as like a tap um, necessarily, but it was a clear like if you look the way he, the motion was, it was like tap 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 with the foot. Um, just crazy, uh, but good for good for Brian, man. Especially like on a on a they 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 bumped up to the pay per view. I think they were supposed to be like second fight of the night on on the fight pass prelims. So 
good good for him uh getting to to be the second fight on a pay-per-view instead on a connor pay-per-view uh getting that shine man uh which is a which was clearly meant for oday you know they had the thing of like oh one day they're gonna say connor mcgregor was on the oday osborne card get the fuck out of here dude get the fuck out of here dude um I mean, maybe we'll say that one day. That's not to say that O'Day couldn't be, you know, go on to become this this great star or whatever. But um, certainly not when when that's your debut. They won't be saying that Connor was on the O'Day card. I mean, stop stop smoking the crack. Stop smoking the crack. Y'all really think I'm on something, don't you? Um, okay, the next fight, uh, I will I will humbly admit defeat. Um, I I picked Maurice Green. I thought the uh, the crochet boss was uh, going to use that reach, keep it on the feet, um, let him with these like big kicks from the outside. And man, Alexi just got in, and I keep saying this, but like he did work. <laughs> he, I will say, credit to Maurice. Like Alexi had him in that scarf hold, which isn't so much like like I, I guess it does affect because the way he squeezes. You are, you are getting, I think, the carotid artery or one of the arteries, definitely. But more so, you're pulling on the neck. I mean, he should have it fucking looked at that there's not, like, nerve damage or whatever because he was cranked on that shit for, like, a minute, dude. And um, just like Joe Rogan as well, um, I think, said on the commentary, I was surprised his arms weren't burnt out. I mean, maybe they were to an extent, but, like, Alexi just has that old man strength. Just, like, snatched that arm bar um, in the second round. I mean... Wow, that was that was something. And 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 credit to to Maurice because if you look at the, on paper, I mean, Alexi's this accomplished grappler, right? Like has has beat Fedor in a in a in a sambo match, I believe. You know, he was a, he's a black belt in jujitsu, uh, has been for years. Um, he's got Ezekiel chokes, and they're like the guy is um, a, a savant on the ground. And uh, Maurice, I think, is like a blue belt, if I want to say. I mean, he comes from a, pr- a primarily like uh, jujitsu-based camp, um, so I probably Jujuro's jujitsu more than anything. Although I guess he made his debut in kickboxing before MMA, um, but he held his own for a while in there with with Alexi in terms of because that wasn't like uh, that was mostly a straight grappling match for the most part, like. Alexi definitely implemented his game plan. And uh, I like seeing that guy fight. If I'm honest, I mean, I didn't write this down in the news segment, but um, can we talk about Verdum taking advantage of those snitch points or whatever the hell gets you a reduced sentence by by, by providing, you know, uh, what 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 is it, assistance or whatever in, in, in catching people? Sub- substantial, I think it's like substantial assistance or whatever. I mean, uh, Verdum called him out after the fight and... To be honest, I would like to see that. I would love to see that. I would love to see that even in combat jiu-jitsu, but more so in MMA because um, Fabrizio can get wild on the feet. And um, to be honest, even if it's going to be a primarily grappling-based fight, I'd rather see it in an MMA setting because you got just so many much more variables of like the elbows and stuff on the ground that, that just plays a big role in getting those submissions. Um, and then the fucking card came to a screeching halt. I mean, Holly screeching halt home versus Raquel screeching halt Pennington. Um, by the way, I like Holly. I'm just I'm just throwing shade. Uh, this was a fucking boring ass fight, and it didn't occur to me until um, until I was watching the press conference with Dana uh, that 
some of this could be blamed on the ref for letting them clinch for that long. He was like, the poor guy was like running around as if it was like a war that he was worried about getting hit. He was like, look, like, what are you looking for? Break him up. He said he almost walked out, um, which is like classic Dana. But at the same time, I was like, uh, kind of agree. Like even my wife, like, I, I feel like she likes the girl fights a little bit more uh, in, in some scenarios. But this one, she was like, uh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Basically like, <laughs> boo. Like we, I, I, we weren't booing, but I think internally we were booing. And you know what? That was so funny as well. Like this is like, so, it was such a biased crowd. Um, I mean, uh, Holly Holm was holding Raquel Pennington up against the, up against the fence for like a long time. And then there was one moment where Raquel uh, reversed it, reverse position. And then they started booing. I was like, Really? Really, Holly did the same fucking thing for like three minutes, and you guys are booing Raquel. Like, I just thought that was goddamn ridiculous. Um, so so fuck that fight, basically. Um, right, babe? It was boring. Yeah, she hated it. Um, love Holly though. Yeah, love Holly. I don't know, whatever. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Shout out to my wife. Keep him going thrifting. All right, she's leaving. Um, so now we get to the main event. And this was this was the other fight that I switched my pick. And uh, again, I want to be open on that because uh, it wasn't like I was trying to be like, uh, you know, I said cowboy and then immediately like regretted it and was like, oh, I just said that to look cool or whatever. Like I wasn't about to lie or whatever. I just it was one of the things where I thought cowboy, I thought his experience would play a factor and that I didn't think Connor was in the right headspace. And then those interviews with Ariel came out. And then, uh, like, just, uh, well, all the interviews as well, and the weigh-ins, and I was like, okay, I gotta be honest here, I I think Connor's gonna do work. And I ended up predicting on my, on the Fight Pick Championship, I, I predicted a, uh, um, a second round uh, KO uh, for Connor. I was like, no, I, I gotta be honest with you, with myself here. Um, you know, cause I was torn on it. I was torn, to be honest with you, because uh, I love Cowboy. Uh, I think, you know, you can tell by that intro that he's one of those fighters that I really respect. Um, but lately he, he's been, I mean, that, that clip that's been resurfacing is an old clip. I think it's from like 2017 when he was on the fighter and the kid saying those transphobic things, which are just absolutely disgusting by the way. And, uh, I mean, you guys know from my, from my last episode or was it, was it the one before when I talked about, you know, fighters saying the N word and he was one of them, you know, just like. Fucking uncalled for. So it's one of those things where I like I'm not I wasn't ready to like write off Cerrone for that, but I definitely think about that whenever like it changes my opinion of him completely, like with that knowledge. So then you have Connor, who who's someone who's exciting to watch, who's who's good for the company when he wins, right? You know, regardless of what what you think about him, you know, Connor winning is good for the UFC, um, at least to an extent. Um, but but he's also a polarizing figure in his own right with with the whole sexual assault allegations and and things like that. Which can we can we just say the fucking uh, whatever journalist at the press conference that is my hero. I want to get that guy's name because um, I, I thought you know people were actually shitting on John Morgan. Like I hadn't seen the press conference yet, and I thought like there was this one absolutely nasty tweet by this fucking guy that that called him a fat fuck or something like that. You sir are are trash. That was completely uncalled for. John Morgan did nothing wrong. 
he didn't even, as far as I'm concerned, he barely even scratched the surface with those. Um, and then it was the other reporter that was like, uh, you know, really when it, I'm, that's responsible journalism, dude, they're supposed to ask that, those kind of questions. They're supposed to ask those kind of questions. Like, fuck that. Um, that's how I feel. So, so, so that aside, like I was torn on both fighters because on, on the one hand, like, you know, I'll admit Connor got me into the sport. Uh, there's no shame in it. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm your typical Connor fan. In fact, I'm not sure I am a fan anymore. I'm really torn on the matter, but, but that's my point is that I am torn. And then you have a cowboy who is like, again, the most, the winningest fighter in UFC history, most hit kick KOs, fucking fights six times a year. Sometimes, you know, badass, you know, all these things. And then is transphobic, you know, calls DC a fag. We know the full version for, for fighting Anderson Silva the way he did. Like cowboy is, is just fucking up sometimes. Like, so in my opinion, it was like, dude, what, what the fuck do I even think about this fight? You know? So at the end of the day, I had to kind of take bias out of it. Cause to be honest, I, I had to look internally and say, I guess I'm biased towards both fighters and also bias against them. So, um, at the end of the day, especially after weigh-ins, I was like, Oh, I think Connor's taking this. And I did not expect it to be that quick. I really did not. I mean, he hit Cowboy with those shoulder strikes. I feel like a lot of people are talking about it as if he like invented them, which can we just pump the brakes a little bit? Because first of all, uh, Chell motherfucking Sonnen uh, had some amazing shoulder strikes back in the day. Nate Marquardt, you know, been using those, I think since the Pancreas days. He definitely used them against Vitor Belfort. Um, you know, Valentina Shevchenko uses them all the time. Someone says she's the king of those. And I'm like, is she a king or the queen? Uh, that was funny to me, but, um, yeah, Connor definitely didn't invent that shit. He definitely was aggressive with it in the clinch of sort of like almost like jumping, uh, jumping into it. Um, which actually reminds me, I think John Jones has done that as well. John Jones. Um, but, they they clinch up Connor. I, I think Connor ran and and threw some sort of jumping knee, and then um, Cowboy kind of ducked under and looked like he was going for a takedown, but like sort of half heartedly. I honestly don't know what was going on there. Uh, and then he uh, they they got into the clinch and, and Connor just rammed him with the with those shoulder strikes, which I think broke his nose. If I'm honest, I mean he was bladed up from just from the clinch from that. Um, and Cowboy, Cowboy threw a head kick, which Connor slipped, and then hit him with a head kick of his own, and boom, and he dropped him, and uh, hit him with those follow-up shots. I initially said it was a late stoppage, and that's just I think it's just because like I know Cowboy has taken a ton of fucking damage, and a lot of people say, oh, he's a, he's a tough veteran, dude. He does not need to take any more fucking damage, dude. You know the fact that he can, and it has to me is reason to, to stop it more so than let it go, it, it, just in my opinion. But um, looking at it objectively, um, I suppose it wasn't too bad. It wasn't like, you know, like a Yamasaki situation. It wasn't like Shevchenko Kashwara where you're like, oh my God, or fucking Gifford Davis or whatever the fuck. Dude. So yeah, it, was, it wasn't that bad. But I, in my opinion, I, I still think it was somewhat late. I always like to err on the side of being early in that regard. Um 
And Con- what what really blew my mind, and when I say blew my mind, I mean like, uh, well, that was weird. How you had Jorge Masvidal, first of all, in a bathrobe. I mean, what? <laughs> if y'all didn't see it, just guys thirsty ass tw- tweeted that she would uh, take it off or something like that. She's like, if you're looking someone for, to remove that bathrobe, I live in Vegas or whatever the fuck. Ew, Jessica, I, ew. <laughs> but go ahead, I guess. I'm not mad at it. Um, but yeah, you have fucking Jorge sitting right there, and Connor said in his season, uh, or in his little press conference that he wanted to have like a season and that he would be, you know, calling out the winner of the um, baddest motherfucker belt, as he said at the time, which I think the fight hadn't happened. And now you got Jorge sitting right there, cage side, Usman sitting cage side as well, and he said that he would he would want to go after the 170 pound title. And he just goes, let's see, I have options, anyone can get it, the fool on the desk. And I'm like, uh, what? Paul Felder's booked, you absolute wet wipe. You know you gotta have a name, dude, you invented the call out. Not literally, but Come on. I, I, I seriously was like, so where do we go from here now? Like now you've left it open for Dana to be like, oh, well, he can fight this guy. You know, he doesn't matter. Like there's tons of big fights for Connor. I mean, this is just an absolute like what the fuck moment in my opinion. Uh, but because I look back on the whole night of fights, man. I was just so happy that DOC is back. And, and f- like, f- for serious, Roxanne winning was one of the best uh, moments of 20, 2020 so far in MMA. Not saying my life, come on. But 2020 uh, in MMA. I was just over the moon, dude. It didn't matter. Dude, I could have, like, I could have been, like, uh, 0-5 on my picks for the main card. That wouldn't have mattered. That wouldn't have mattered at all. I literally could have... Dude, if I had like picked every single fight wrong, except for the Roxy fight, I would have been happy. That That's all I wanted was, was a Roxy win, and that's what I got. So uh, I was ecstatic uh, when that happened. And as you saw, I ran rampant on the timeline, dude. I ran rampant on you motherfuckers that were picking Macy Barber. Oh, she's the future. <laughs> that's what I think about that the future future journey woman that's what i'll say all right i'll calm down now i'll calm down and so i'd like to end this segment now now that we've uh wrapped up uh recapped if you will 246 uh i'd like to end this segment as as is has become tradition here at the fighting with myself podcast by giving a positive shout out to someone in the community and that person is Laura at X Dex Purple Pants. Uh, so happy to have come through with this chick. And um, I can remember there was one week where, you know, I think she fired off a tweet saying, you know, like she was looking for some new podcast list to. And a bunch of people um, that listen to my show had said, like, you know, check out FWM Pod. And uh, you guys are amazing for that, uh, by the way. I get tagged in so many of those posts and it just makes me happy. Like, I start to count, like, I'll, you know, that's my thing. I kind of like to guilt trip people, you know, and because um, it's just fun, you know, uh, but when people like when I get tagged in those posts and it's like multiple, I'll be like, OK, sir, it's three now. You got to listen. Um, but um, Laura, like right away, like that first day was like, yo, this one is fire. Um, 
and and so from there, just like she's become a, a great person to interact with online, and um, she was one of the only people who uh, who was with me in picking Roxy, and uh, I'm gonna do my best to shout out uh, all the people that I know who were picking Roxy later on in the forum because someone someone asked me about it, and uh, she's definitely one of them, um, and uh, congratulations to uh, her and her Juanito um, having a little little baby. Uh, can't wait to can't wait to see that that little guy or girl. I'm not sure the the gender. I was just saying the little the little baby in general. The baby. If you guys ever watch Shit's Creek, um, great show. But seriously, Laura's awesome and uh, has all also by the way been uh, one of the only uh, like females that's consistently called into the podcast uh, versus like just like one offs that we've had in the past. Like she's. She's uh she's holding it down on the forum in terms of uh, feminine energy. So kudos to you. And uh kudos for pissing off the white people as well. That shit makes me laugh hard. As a white person, keep going. <laughs> um and I guess that's it, dude. So let's take a break and then we'll get into some news. And we're back. So let's talk about some news. Um and all I've got for you this week is matchups, unfortunately. Uh, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is John Vellante versus Ben Rothwell, announced for April 18th, UFC 249. Now, first of all, I'm going to this fight, so I'm extra hyped for it. Second of all, when the fuck did we start disrespecting John Vellante and Ben Rothwell? I mean, I get Ben Rothwell, but John Vellante, dude, I feel like I'm the only one excited for this fight. I saw everyone shitting on it, dude. Everyone's like, here goes another fight we don't need or no one asked for. It was like, or they were like, nobody, dot, 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 UFC. Here's John Vellante versus Ben Rothwell. Like, people were just so, throwing so much shade on this fight. And they said that, like, John Vellante fights are boring. Whoa. What fights have you been watching? The guy comes to, to take your head off every fight. Like, am I missing something? And I'll admit, Ben Rothwell, since coming back from his uh, USADA suspension, hasn't been the best. Um, I think we can, uh, you know, attribute that to partially age, but also you can you can speculate there, saying maybe he's, you know, off the sauce or what have you. But uh, there was a time when I thought Ben Rothwell was one of the most exciting heavyweights. Like, he had that go-go choke, which he was just fucking, like, strangling people. He submitted Josh Barnett, who had never been submitted, and is, like, a master uh, grappler. Um, like, he was doing work. He knocked out Alistair Overeem uh, when Overeem was still on his on his way to, to get the title. Like, dude. Like, put some his spec on this name. And, like... Obviously, John Vellante normally fights at 205, so this is him making his heavyweight debut, which I'm so for because he fights like a heavyweight dude. Like, he's not interested in fucking using his wrestling. He's not interested in, like, I don't know, being dynamic or athletic, pushing the pace. He's just like, hey, we're coming to fucking swing, and that's that's it, dude. So, I'm happy for it. Now, they could gas out in the fucking second round and we could have a sloppy decision. I'm well aware of that. But while it's while it's fresh, like while it's just still just announced, like I would like to remain positive about it. Okay? So that is that. And I'm well aware that I'm uh, on an island about this, but I didn't think I was initially. I was like, damn, really? All right, and next we get to 
Kevin Lee versus Charles Oliveira announced for UFC Brasilia on March 14th. Did I say Brasilia wrong? Probably. But I'm sorry about it. Um, first of all, this this fight caused some contention between myself and uh, Buddy over at the MMA Marks. He's high on Charles Oliveira. He's like one of his favorite fighters to watch right now. Um, and I'm a Kevin Lee guy. I love Kevin Lee. I'm back on the bandwagon, especially after he uh, uh, knocked the fuck out of uh, Gregory Gillespie. Like, man. And I will say, like, it wasn't just since then. Like, I don't feel like I ever really left. Uh, I've always wanted Kevin Lee to succeed. But he he's, he had a, r- a rough patch where he was trying to find a coach. But, dude, TriStar Kevin Lee. This is like fucking... This is like next level shit. So, I'm really excited. Uh, that said... I know Charles Oliveira is dangerous, and he could easily get this W. So I wasn't trying to shit on your boy, buddy, uh, so much as I was just saying, man, I, I, I want Kevin Lee to win that. So I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. Hell of a fight. Really excited. And it's also confusing because we thought Kevin Lee was going to fight Islam Makhachev, and it seemed like they were, like, you know, Ali was tweeting, like, can we get a fight for Islam or whatever? Like, while Kevin Lee's literally being like, hey, dude, I've been calling this guy out for years. Why don't you why don't you shut the fuck up and send me the contract? And all of a sudden we get Kevin Lee versus Oliveira, and suddenly people think uh, Kevin's the one ducking Islam. Uh, excuse me. Uh, excuse me. What? Excuse me. What? And I don't know. I, I heard uh, Ashley talk about this on her show, Ashley and Maynard. Shout, shout out to my soul twin. Um... She was saying, you know, that trio of guys, Charles Oliveira, Kevin Lee, like no one's ducking anyone. They're all, that's all a good trio. And I'm, I'm with that. I'm not saying anyone's ducking each other, but how can you say that uh, Kevin's ducking Islam? Like if anything, I would say Islam's ducking Kevin. I understand it's necessarily the case. I think Islam wants that fight. I think Ali's ducking Kevin Lee. That's what I think. Um, I don't trust that motherfucker as far as I can throw him, which is not very far. Let's be real about that. That's not very far. Um, so I don't trust him. I don't trust him. But I'm looking forward to that fight anyway. Kevin Lee and Charles Oliveira. It's going to be amazing. I'm so glad, by the way, that Charles Oliveira is now, like, at lightweight for real. Because there was a time when he would, like, miss weight at featherweight. And they would, they would force him to go up to lightweight. He would win one and be like, I'm going back to featherweight now. And I'd be like, oh, dude, you just fucking, like, murked a guy. Or like choked him out in like a minute. And now you're like, hmm, let's not dehydrate myself to choke out smaller guys. Nope. Bye. You get choked out by Pettis. Go back to the lightweight. That's where you belong. And you do work at lightweight. Um, so so that's, that's going to be a hell of a fight. And speaking of a hell of a fight as well. Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. Is, uh, is going to headline UFC 248 March 7th. And this has caused much ado on the timeline uh, with MMA Twitter. I mean, people are like, Romero's coming out two losses. And there's some people that are like, shut up, Romero always deserves a title shot. I got to be honest, I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, for me, what it comes down to is Izzy wants this fight. Like, and, and Dana made a good point. They said they have trouble getting a fight for Romero in general. Like, people do not want to fight him. Unless it's a champion. And I feel like Izzy's like, no, I need this fight for my legacy. I can't I can't consider myself the greatest middleweight and not have have beat Yoel. Everyone thinks he's the boogeyman. No one wants to fight him. They think he's, you know, 
like the knock on Izzy is that he's skinny and all this. And like Romero's like all muscly and he's like, fuck that. I got to take out these muscly dudes like Romero and Costa. Which is just, which is just for goddamn ridiculous. And on the, on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, like you were going to give it to Costa. Costa's injured. Um, he, he beat Romero. So it's a little bit similar situation with Aldo and Henry, uh, Cejudo. And I got to be honest, like, I'm okay with that, but I also get why people are upset. This one, I kind of like, I'm, I'm just happy that Izzy's going to be back. Like, it, it's one of those things where I can definitely admit my my bias. I, I've always I've always said that, um, that I, I have different rules for different people. Um, and that's my that's my prerogative. And that's one of my favorite parts about being an MMA fan is uh, is doing that. And um, uh, I like Israel Adesanya a lot. Um, so, yeah, so much looking forward to this fight. And uh, this is one where, like, I get why people are, are picking Romero. Um, and, like, I get that. I get, you know, I think he's, like, a dangerous dude. But I'm always riding with my man Izzy. Like, fuck that. Um, UFC 248 is going to be a uh, hell of a card. So I'm really looking forward to that. And that's all I got for you guys uh, in terms of news. So let's let's keep this train moving. And let's take a stop at the forum. All right, let's kick this forum off right. We got a lot of questions, and we're just going to go through every single one of them because you know how I do. Uh, first up, it's, uh, it's our boy Shane Terra. Hey, Juice. It's your boy Shane Terra, and uh, I'm bringing one of those random questions. Again, this one sort of makes sense. So we all know that uh, Jorge... Masvidal is the BMF champ or the bad motherfucker champ or maybe it's the baddest motherfucker. I don't remember. Anyway, we all know that uh, Jorge is that champ and we all know that Donald Cowboy Cerrone runs the BMF ranch in New Mexico, the bad motherfucker ranch. He's been running that ranch for a long time. So what I want to know is um, all these people are asking about what ifs and who does this and that after the Connor Cowboy fight. So this is what I propose. I propose that Cowboy beats Connor, and then he challenges Jorge for the fucking BMF title because there's no one else in the entire UFC that has any claim for that except Cowboy. Thoughts? So obviously this was sent early, sent before the fights. Um, you know, uh, I get where you're coming from, and it's definitely a shine of respect to Cowboy. I have absolutely zero. I have negative interest in a rematch between Cowboy and Jorge Masvidal. That shit was brutal. He pieced Cowboy up. He knocked him out twice. I no. That's it, dude. That that's all she wrote. That's done. So so yeah. But I love the title. That's he titled this question: Cowboy versus Nate versus Jorge. In three-way hell in a cell with MMA rules. <laughs> now that I would watch. Um, for some reason. Because I'm a fucking degenerate. <laughs> oh my god. This next question from Shane Tara also is titled. Not about Andre Feely. Dot dot dot. This time. Hey 
What's up, Juice? So ESPN just informed me that Yuri Prochaska, I think is how you say it. I am fucking terrible with, with with Czech names and Polish names, and I'm so bad at that. But I think you say his name, Yuri Prochaska. I just saw his fight um, with Bryson at the end of the year, and it was really exciting. Knocked a dude out. It was a great fight. I can't remember who he fought, but it was someone from Bellator. Um, but he just got signed to the UFC. He's a really, really interesting light heavyweight prospect, so I'm curious what your thoughts on this are. Um, and if you've seen him fight before. So I uh, can't wait to hear what you think. Yeah, I'm super excited about this guy coming to the UFC. Just any any uh, new-blooded 205 is always good. That division needs it bad. Um, I haven't seen him fight outside that Ryzen fight um, from from a few weeks ago. So, but I mean, that was fucking badass. So I'm looking forward to that, um, or more performances like that, I should say. Um, and as far as like opponents, I, I was thinking, I guess they just announced that um, the light heavyweight champion from Cage Warriors also got signed, forget his name, but I thought that would be fun to match them up since they're both like champions from other organizations coming in around the same time. And then people were telling me that they think, you know, Yuri deserves a top 15 right away. And I'm like, okay, okay. I mean, fine, if you like. But, um, you know, people coming from outside organizations, they get, feel like they got to prove themselves. Or why not prove it against each other? Um, of course, you're kind of killing off, you know, one prospect, by the way, by, by doing that. Fuck it. Feed one of them to Justin Ledette. Or <laughs> feed Justin Ledette. One of them, the other can take K-more. <laughs> Fucking A, dude. <laughs> Juicy J, it's your boy Shane Tara. Um, so, I'm watching all of the Israel. Oh, I'm sorry, Doomsday. I just blew a bunch of smoke at my cat. I feel so bad. I'm an asshole. Uh, so, I'm watching all the Adesanya fights in chronological order. And uh, before this first start with Rob, this first fight started with Rob Wilkinson, I had this thought that uh, what if this dude were to beat Israel Adesanya and I don't want to say like derail the hype train because I don't think he had uh, nearly as much hype at his first UFC fight as he did like against like Derek Brunson, Calvin Gastelum, uh, Anderson Silva. But what, what what do you think the UFC would look like right now if Rob Wilkinson would have beaten Israel Adesanya? That's interesting. So I can tell he was listening to that f- or he's watching that fight because the commentary you hear in the background is Jimmy Smith who commentated that fight. And, um, I gotta be honest with you. First of all, I miss Jimmy Smith in the UFC or just commentating fights in general. He was going to go over to one, but then he had this whole video about, um, them not like Singapore, not liking pit bulls. And he has two pit bulls and he's like, no, they're my fucking world. I love these dogs, which I respect greatly. Um, I gotta be honest with you. I don't like this theory because... That fucking that performance against Rob Wilkin Wilkinson was surgical. He cut that dude up. I mean, he was just like, no, I got to make a statement. Came in there and just blitz that guy. If you're gonna make any sort of alternate theory, I, I would think they would, might throw out the name Andre. Uh, sorry, uh, Marvin Vittori. I don't know why I thought Andre. Um, because that was, uh, I think, a split decision, or at least it was. It was sort of a closer fight than um, than the Rob one. 
but I don't I, I guess I don't like either of them because like well Rob Rob is cool um, but Marvin Vittori won't shut the fuck up about a split decision loss to Israel so he would be incessant if he beat him um, but I guess if Rob Wilkinson did win um, you know they wouldn't have given Izzy more favorable matchups like I don't know what they would have done with Rob but they would have either they would have either gone super soft on Izzy and like, okay, we really got to like, like giving him like the Greg Hardy treatment, like just sign people just to fight him and like build him up that way. Or they would have been like, oh, it looks like this guy's overrated. Let's fucking feed him to every single wrestler we have at 185. And it just would have been like murder draw. But, um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I'm super biased. I love Izzy. And I, I just, I, I can't even imagine a world where he's not like on top. Uh, like it, you know, he, he's not going to be champion forever, but, you know, I can't imagine a world where he, like, isn't, like, in the upper echelon of that division and, like, in big fights. So, and, like, I can't imagine Rob Wilkinson in big fights. What is going on? What is up, my man? Congratulations on your girl winning, putting all the doubters to shame. They were talking so much trash, man. They were insulting you. They are insulting me. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad you came out triumphant. Also, I appreciate you. I appreciate your work. I must quit mi missing opportunities to send you these voice messages. And my question to you is simple, my man. How does Kevin Lee fit into this? Have a great day. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. I mean, Kevin Lee... <laughs> First of all, thank you. Even though, again, I had nothing to do with that. I appreciate all the congratulations I've been getting. It has been much appreciated. Um, definitely better than, like, commiserations or condolences of any kind. Um, but all credit goes to her. Um, by the way, some motherfucker on my tweet, I, I said, I, you know, I will accept. I kind of made a joking tweet on my podcast account. I said, I will accept nothing but praise um, from now on from you guys, but I meant to praise Roxy, um, not me, or as I said, I was just like, bow down, kiss my feet, and then some guy was like, well, Roxy did the work, and he tagged her, and I was like, oh, dude, that's a quick way to get a block, but I didn't, because it's 2020, we're being a little more positive, um, but, uh, fucking A, um, how does Kevin Lee fit in all this? I'll tell you where he fits in, he fits in, uh, against Charles Oliveira, getting his hand raised, I said it. Fucking A. Like, it's such a good question. Like, I don't even know how to answer it other than, like, yeah, Kevin Lee fitting in. And this means how does Kevin Lee fit into, like, uh, like a fight with uh, Cowboy Connor? Dude, if Kevin Lee beats Charles Oliveira in any fashion, even if it's a close decision, and he calls out Connor and they actually book that fight, I might lose my shit. Kevin Lee's been saying he could beat Connor for years. And, uh, it's time to like put up or shut up, you know? And like, that would be a fun fight in my opinion. Yo, Juice! It's your boy Shantara. Can we fucking get like 600 phone calls on your podcast about Roxanne <laughs> absolutely smashing Macy Barber? Okay, so for real, for real, I was, I was rooting for Roxanne. I knew there was a good chance that she actually could win because this is MMA and anything could fucking happen. Um, but if I can be honest with you, I didn't expect her to fucking... Sm Dude, Missy Barber looked like 
Missy Barber looked like it was me fighting against Roxanne. Like, she, she, she popped her a few good times of striking, and she had a couple good scrambles. Um, and at one point, uh, Roxy kind of fucked up in the first round, and she was trying to take Macy's back, and then Macy spun around and got on top of her for the, for the mount, which is pretty cool on her part. But, um, man, Roxy fucked that girl up. So, uh, how fucking cool is that? Oh, by the way, all that blood, tight. <laughs> Shane Tara is such a mess, dude. <laughs> but thank you for the question. That was amazing. And the title for this is uh, 90,000 people at Saitama Superdome uh, screaming, Roxy, Roxy, Roxy. Oh, man, that's great, dude. Dude, imagine if the UFC went to fucking Japan again and they went to the Saitama Superdome or the Super Arena or whatever it's called and they put Roxy on the card. Are you kidding me, dude? She's a fucking superstar in Japan. Don't at me on that. That is 100% factual. Um, wow. Just so just so happy. Um, so I'm, I'm so... Like, this is the perfect sword because I... Do not like Macy Barber whatsoever. I think I said this uh, last episode. Um, and it wasn't just the Roxy stuff. It wasn't just the Paige stuff. I never liked this girl from day one. I'd be like, she is a habitual line stepper. She is uh, annoying as fuck. And uh, get out of here. So I've, I've number one, been on the, uh, you know, dis Macy train since day one. And so... My one of my least favorite fighters now losing to one of my favorite fighters. That's a fucking perfect storm for uh, euphoria. Yo, Juicy J, it's your boy Shantara again. Um, a lot of people are gonna be like, so and so needs to retire, so and so is fading. So-and-so is in the twilight. So-and-so is just a journeyman. So-and-so is just a gatekeeper. Um, I have my own opinions about about some of those, the fighters that have that performed tonight. And uh, I don't think I want to see Cowboy retire. I think I just want to see him accept the role of being a journeyman and uh, just do some really good fights and just really provide a gateway for people that really deserve to be in the top top tier to get there but man i don't want to see anthony pettis fight anymore am i the only one great question actually shane uh to be honest with you i if if either of them decide to retire pettis or cowboy they've done enough in their careers that i'd be like it's okay but if they, they decide to stick around i don't think it's like the worst thing. I mean, I, I hate seeing Cowboy Ka- getting knocked out like that. I see anyone getting knocked out like that, especially like this is now. I mean, the Ferguson fight was a was a TKO, but he was getting fucked up. It was a doctor stoppage from the from the nose blow, but uh, you know, he knocked out by Gaethje and then a forty second beatdown from Connor. Like, I don't want to, especially like I don't want to see some young kid make a name off Cowboy, you know. Unless it's someone I feel like deserves it, like I don't know, it's just it's one of those things. But um, I know I know fighting like gives his life purpose or like brings him joy. And uh, you know, there's certainly fighters in in you know either 155 or 170 that he can hang with. So 
Um, it's it's one of those things where if he sticks around, I just I just hope that they're they're kind to him on the matchmaking. I guess not that they would protect him, but they're just they're a little bit more kind, like give him some just like just some fun fights. Um, the other thing is Pettis. Um, yeah, like Pettis doesn't seem like to be losing a step in terms of like speed or whatever i think he's just getting outclassed by some of these guys i, I just think like the talent is like catching up with him uh in the division it's it's kind of weird like he's another one like i think but I, what i like about pettis is that he takes any matchup like he just doesn't say no to a fight like he he's understanding of his position like he knows where he's at um he knows that you know yes he was a former champion yes he was on the fucking wheaties box but he also knows that he's lost a bunch since then and um you know, he he has you know no position to be like turning down fights. So I like that about him. I like that he'll take you know Diego Fajera, who just uh, put on a clinic against Merbeck Tysimov, and then he's like, yeah, I want to fight that guy, or I will anyway. Um, so I wouldn't mind to be honest with you a Pettis Cowboy rematch. Talk about um, rematches like if you're talking Cowboy Masvidal, you're out your goddamn mind. Um, but uh, Pettis versus Cowboy. Sounds great, uh, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that, I guess. Juice fighting with myself. It's Smokey J here from Australia. Uh, I was impressed with fucking Brian Boom Kelleher's little performance there. Fucking champ shit only, just asked Tony. Uh, I was pretty excited to see the debut of Ode Osborne. I'd heard some good things about that dude and fucking was keen to see what he could do. Um, he put on a pretty good show until fucking Boom grabbed his neck, fucking literally sat down into that guillotine, had everything wrapped up and had O'Day tapping with his foot. Um, my question to you is, how far do you see Brian Kelleher climbing up the Bantamweight rankings? Like, how far do you reckon he can get? That's all. Bye. Yes, great question. And I want to know who sings that song, sir, or whatever the fuck. Champ should only just ask Tony. That was hot. What? How have I never heard that before? Um, fucking A, I love that. Um, but you know what I forgot to talk about about the Ode Osborne fight uh, with Brian Keller? How Ode starts in that John Jones like crawl, and then all of a sudden he hopped up and, and hit him with a Superman punch. I was like, Brian Keller, how did you not see that coming? Um, and I was worried about him from then on. Like I was like, oh shit, I made the right pick. And then he quickly reversed it and got that takedown, slammed him. I thought that was pretty dope. So, yeah, I love Brian Keller, so I was really happy with that. Otherwise, man, um, I don't I don't know how far I see him going up the rankings. I would hella be interested in um, him fighting the winner of Sean O'Malley versus uh, Jose Teco Quinones uh, in the next uh, couple months here. I would definitely, although he would have to have to wait. Um, yeah. But Brian Kelleher is, is is someone he's on when he can put all together uh, in the right mindset as well. Um, I think I think he's something uh, not, not I don't want to say something special. I don't want to sound like I'm like praising the guy and maybe he's like a mid tier fighter, but um, 
he he's someone that like I think puts on exciting performances and and has uh has some good skills. So I don't know how far I see him going in the uh, in the bantamweight rankings. Yeah, I would definitely um uh maybe he could fight the winner of uh Cody Asuncao as well. I mean, that's also in March. But um yeah. That's something I was thinking about. But, I mean, to be honest, like bantamweight is pretty stacked. Um you know, in terms of the lighter weight classes, like it's definitely more stacked than let's say flyweight. And when I think about like the top five of that division, like guys like Aljo, although apparently he has trained with Aljo in the past and Aljo has said like before Kelleher got signed, he's like, you can watch out for this guy. Uh, basically is what he said. Uh, but when I think about Aljo versus Brian Kelleher at this point in their careers, I, I don't like Brian Kelleher's chances in that fight. Like guys like Aljo Morais, um, fucking even like Jimmy Rivera, I don't know. Like Peter Yan for sure would kill Brian Kelleher, um, things like that. Uh, so I, I see him maybe cracking the top ten, but but that's sort of it. If I would Rob Font, I would actually be really fun with uh, Brian Kelleher. Now that I think about it, although could be a repeat of Kelleher Lineker if I'm honest. Man, I can't wait to play this question from my man, Jim Asun. Jukes, what's going on there, big guy? What a fucking rock star, Roxanne Montaparius. Holy fuck. Brilliant, brilliant effort on her part. I don't give a fuck what anybody says, well, knee or whatever that bullshit they're trying to say now. Fuck the haters. Great job. Yousef. Super Sadiq Yusef. What's next for this little kid? He is a killer. I really like this kid. Can't wait to hear your take. It's always 420. Peace. Yes, dude. This is actually reminding me of uh, like when he ended up with the Always 420. It's reminding me of this video that um, Notorious KGB just did uh, on YouTube. You should go check it out. Um, she fucking did a video about showing her boyfriend MMA Twitter. And her boyfriend was like, oh, Jim, I know Jim. Because she plays, plays the videos on loud and he hears them being like, it's always 420. Uh, and so he got a nice little shout in there. As did I. That was much appreciated. Um, uh, a lot of the favorite, uh, some of my favorite accounts got shout out. Hectic One got a nice shout out. I definitely agree with everything you said about, about him. And uh, fucking McGregor Rousey got roasted. It was awesome. So I loved everything about that video and um, love everything about this question from Jim Asun. So hell yeah, Roxanne is a rock star. And in terms of Super Sadiq Yusuf, I don't have a name, man, but I just double down on what I said. Like he, he needs a top 10. Uh, he he does. Like he's at that point. He's earned it. Um, I don't know if Jeremy Stevens is still in the top 10. Uh but maybe a fight with Jeremy Stevens would make sense because Jeremy Stevens, with all due respect, is kind of a gatekeeper. Like if you if you can get past Jeremy Stevens, that means something, you know. Um, he's a he's a good litmus test uh, for those up and comers. So uh, I think I think a fight with uh, Jeremy Stevens would be fucking phenomenal. Or um, you know if Josh Emmett recovers, like I don't know what what the deal is that pulled him out of that forced him to pull out of his fight next week. Um, but if Josh Emmett uh, can recover, um, 
then uh, then Josh Emmett versus uh, Sadiq would be bonkers. Fucking a. Hey there, Juice. Fighting with myself. Smokey J here from Australia. I fucking got another one for you. Yeah. Fucking Roxy, man. What a performance that was. Uh, from start to finish, basically, it was total domination. She fucking... Macy did not know what to do. She fucking... She folded, man, like Roxy fucking had her at every turn. She cut her the fuck up. It was beautiful. Uh, a victory like that is going to make the fucking juice from that fucking Roxy Juice Bad Drawings mug all the much more sweeter. Enjoy, man. Bye. Yes, dude, I forgot to mention on his last question, so I'm so glad he mentioned it. Dude, I was just listening to last episode to make sure where I left off in the questions. Um, cause they just sort of all come in a, in a line and I got to remember which one was the last one from last week, dude, Smokey J, um, last week I, I, in his, in his question last week, I had said that, you know, go, go check out his merch. You're supporting the, um, the wildfire relief fund or bushfires or whatever, or what have you. And I said, Oh, I wish the one of me was on there. My man doubled down. Not only did he, after that last episode, he made, I don't know if it was directly related to that. I think it was just he was doing this anyway. He fucking made an awesome drawing of Roxy. And not only did he put that one on the on the website, because I was like, hey, man, put that on the website. I'll buy it. He put me and Roxy on there. So I fucking, I bought that right away, dude. I can't wait. It's coming in a few, a few weeks. Uh, I think the 28th. So about 10 days from now. Shit. So stoked for that, dude. And yeah, this this victory, this honestly, this feels better than when Izzy beat Rob, if I'm honest. Um, shouldn't have said that, so disrespectful, because uh, he's Australian. But um, just in terms of like any everyone, dude, throughout like five week and like the weeks building up, everyone was like, oh, you're crazy if you're picking Izzy. You're fucking at the Reapers coming and they were trolling all our posts, dude. Everyone was trolling me on these fucking uh you know, posts about like Roxy, you know, saying maybe this motherfucker hit me. Dude, I made a tweet after Roxanne made weight and I was like, yes, that's because she made 125. I was like, that's championship weight. We're coming for that chipmunk, meaning Macy. And some motherfucker dropped a gift that was like, oh, boo boo, what is you doing? This is what I'm doing. Winning, motherfucker. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. You can take an L like a motherfucker. Something rhymes with what? I was going to say the C word. Cunt. Well, fuck it. Uh, dude. Yes. I'm, I'm an incapable of holding back my joy on this. I just, I can't. Like, words are not good enough. And I, I just, I just need, like, I wish, I wish you guys could, could see me through this and just feel the energy. Like, that's where, like, technology needs to get to the point where I'm, like, like, emitting my positive energy through this and then it just invades your life because that's what I'm um, emitting right now. Dude, nothing can bring me down. What's going on, Juice? This is uh, Gator from the sunny beaches of Florida. You know, I apologize for not posting a question in a while. It, I'm somewhat of a heathen. But first off, I'd like to say congrats, you know, for Roxy's big win. I know you're her biggest supporter. 
leading to my question, seeing as Roxy is such an incredible role model to just about anyone, um, always positive, always makes weight, shows up to fight, you know, just, just a respectful human being, I guess my question is going to be, why doesn't she get the push that some of these other fighters do, even though she's proven time and time again, if you're going to base, you know, your personality off someone, why wouldn't you do the better? Why wouldn't you base it off one of the best representatives there is? Again, man, thank you for fielding my question, and uh, can't wait to hear your answer. Fuck yeah, Gator. This was a great question. Uh, so... This is this deserves some serious attention, right? So obviously, as as uh, a big supporter of hers and, and the fact that she's my favorite fighter, I wanted to get all the push. Um, but I, I sort of look at it this way: um, first of all, she does a great job of marketing herself and uh, showing her personality. Although, if the like the Reebok deal would just go away, like I wanted to, she could do so much more. Go back to like doing the full cosplay at the weigh-ins. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of like that she, she flies under the radar in a sense because, uh, she's not bombastic. She's not out there doing like every interview saying, I'm going to smash this girl or whatever. Like, uh, she was giving my Macy praise, you know, which is, which is something she doesn't deserve in my opinion. And, uh, and that's why Roxy's a better human than all of us, you know? Uh, she's always going to be lifting people up rather than looking to tear them down. Um, but I, 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 I was reminded, you know, when I heard your question, I was reminded of an interview I heard with uh, Randy Couture uh, recently. This is an interview that he was on Ariel's show a couple months ago. Um, I want to say it was after his heart attack or it could have been shortly before. Uh, but he was, he was on to promote the PFL and he was definitely, if it was after, he was definitely on there to talk about the heart attack. Um, he, uh, Ariel had asked him, he's like, you know, why didn't, didn't you get the push from the UFC early on? Like, why did it seem like they were setting you up to lose? And he said something to the effect of like, well, you know, at the time I was 40 or pushing 40 and, you know, definitely looked the part and, and they, they thought that, you know, as an old man, I wasn't marketable. And uh, I just wasn't interested in losing. Like, that's sort of the position she's at. She's later in her career. Um, and uh, the division is filled with, you know, younger faces. And so as uh, a marketing department, they're going to try and push the younger faces just from a uh, return on their money standpoint. They're going to be around longer statistically, right? So in a sense, I get it. Uh, but at the same time, I'm always like, why isn't she on everything? Dude. I know it's not something she endorses. Like I'm pretty sure Roxy doesn't drink, but she's a goddamn Modelo commercial. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like ten years ago, Roxy had made a choice to move to the states. Yeah, even it wasn't ten years ago, but you you get what I'm saying. Um. Yeah, she she needs all the push. They need to make dude Roxy Reebok better better make a friggin' they better get the rights somehow they better get the rights to do some sort of dragon ball z themed uh t-shirt for roxy they better or i'm gonna fucking riot in the streets dude
Juicy, it's Laura. How bullshit was that Macy Barber getting the mic first thing? Because it was very bullshit. And I'm very upset about it. Anyway, I think that if Roxy keeps up the streak, I don't see why she shouldn't get a title shot by the end of the year. That's a possibility. Anyway, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Dude, she titled this one, Give Roxy a Title Shot. LOL, notice Juan at the end, disgusted that I said cheers. <laughs> so shouts to Juan as well. Oh, man. I am so glad you asked this question. Who the fuck does Macy think she is? Kanye West? I mean, what was that? And first of all, her saying, oh, I'm glad me losing gave Roxy some shine. First of all, she has her own shine. She doesn't need you. Second of all, you're taken away from that shine right now by doing this fucking interview. Third of all, I thought that was shitty to say that specifically because that is what Roxy said to Shayna Baszler when Shayna Baszler beat her in Japan. She said, I hope that me losing gives your name the push you deserve. So how dare you, Macy Barber? And and, and I'm and I'm being mostly comical in my other post, but but how dare I was so upset about that. I mean, first of all, losers don't get fucking interviewed unless it's the main event, dude. Especially once they get dominated. Put on your fucking shoes, grab a jacket, and put on a vest with pockets, and take a hike, Macy Barber. Take a hike back to 115. Take a hike back to the prelims. Take a hike back to the regional scene, dude. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. The future. Blech. That's my new thing, by the way. Ever since Rhino said he liked it, when I said something about talk people talking positive about Greg Hardy. Blech. So yeah, fuck that, dude. That was that was so in- inexcusable. If it was anyone else, like if it was a if it was a guy going in there like fucking Pettis after he got choked out, being like, you know, oh, I'm I'm glad that Diego's gonna get this shine now. Everyone would have been fucking like, Pettis, you're canceled. So you know what? Macy's canceled. And I said last week, I don't like cancel culture in MMA. And since then, I've been saying it way more. So I guess I should have said I do like it. Because I'm canceling everybody, dude. Macy Barber's fucking canceled. But to be fair, I said that on Raise Home a Plot of Soup already. That was before this fight got announced, dude. That was when the whole thing with Paige started. And Ray was like, so Joe's, is Macy the future? Or is she canceled? And I said, bro, she's canceled. That's it. My hands are tied now. Shouts to Raise Home a Plot of Soup, by the way. Um, if y'all miss it, I was, uh, I was a part of this uh, MMA trivia, uh, little mini competition, uh, with period MMA. And, uh, it was first round was between, um, Ray and Rhino and myself and Jake from Full Mount MMA, uh, out of the GMMA podcast, GMMAP podcast. Well, P is for podcast. Get the fuck out of here. Um, I beat Jake, Rhino beat Ray and Rhino and I faced off. Uh, he was a worthy adversary. In the end, I came out on top. And I'm going to say I did get that Forrest Griffin question right because uh, Eddie just made me doubt myself. But I, I I give that one to myself, so I I felt like it was even more. And and, and the tiebreaker at the end, uh, I killed it with the Hermes Franca answer. 
Um, but dude, uh, fucking, I won, right? And so, uh, and so, well, the next to to really win, like I haven't really won yet, because the next thing is uh, uh, a match between Donnie Rocket, apparently, um, which is so uh, already like I'm I'm already feel like I'm set up to lose because Donnie helped write the questions for this uh, the first rounds, so like I'm already fucking at a disadvantage. But um, uh, the the prize was a was a gift card, and uh, I'm not uh, trying to uh, to my own horn or whatever. But I just said like, you know what, just like give that money that you were spending the gift card, just give it to raise fund because like that's something I believe in. And uh, the I say that I say the whole story just to just to say you know support Ray in this because what he's trying to do is is implement. Uh, uh, BJJ program and like in schools, like an after-school BJJ program uh, in uh, urban communities to to help in gun violence. First of all, I'm for introducing jujitsu into any kids' lives. Like I'm for that. Like martial arts in general, but specifically jujitsu, I feel like it's just the most like like I don't know. It just it just teaches such like respect and like camaraderie, and uh, it's like the most effective. Uh, martial art it's just there's so much i love about it but especially in urban environments like with the goal of ending gun violence i'm for that in general also so when you have something i'm for on one end trying to end something i'm against like that's the shit i do like and i hope you're so successful ray was that was that a tangent yes it was What's up, Fighting Myself Podcast? It's your boy, I say dude a lot, and I'm here at 97.7 The Wolf, and we're looking for the phrase that pays today. We got a caller on the line. Caller. Hi, this is Pam, and the phrase that pays is, when Connor wins, the UFC is just better. Ding, 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 ding. It's a win. It's a winner, Pam. You're a winner. Uh, as goes Connor, so kind of goes the UFC. Like, when he's there... And doing big things and not being utterly hateable he's the biggest star in the world uh, i don't know what's next for him i love that Jorge was there with the fucking belt <laughs> it didn't even get mentioned like connor's <laughs> squashed that that was pretty funny um roxy beating macy congratulations juice congratulations roxy that was excellent um don't really have a question just uh poor cowboy uh, what's up, DM crew? What's up, Juice? Hope everybody has a great Sunday. <laughs> dude, I say dude lots on that good weed. I know, and I know he likes edibles, so I'm just like, like, what did the fuck did you make yourself like a, a fucking cheesecake of edibles, dude? What? <laughs> that was incredible. Not as over the wolf, the phrase that pays. Ah, pale. <laughs> Are you kidding me with this? By the way, Pam has has a question coming up in a little bit. That's a little spoiler for you, or a little teaser, uh, dude. By the way, I think this was the question that my wife like. She heard like most of them, but like, this was like the last one. She was like, "Why are so many people congratulating you on a fight you didn't win?" Um, but yeah, he's absolutely right. I mean, uh, love him or hate him. You know, as long as you're not indifferent toward him, like Connor winning is good for the UFC. Um, now, if they make the Khabib rematch, especially right away, I'm gonna lose my shit. But if they want 
um, to make the Jorge fight, if they make the Gaethje fight especially, uh, I'll be down for that. If they want to do the Nate trilogy at some point in the year, um, if Tony wins and they want to make the Tony fight, I'm okay with that. Well, to be fair, I would like him to beat Gaethje at 155, which we'll get to later. Um, uh, you know, to, to earn a 155 title shot. But um, I just want to see Connor and Tony in general because I want to see Tony rearrange that face. <sighs> Dude. Um, yeah. I guess there's not much else to say about that. The phrase, the pace. Send me some of those fucking edibles you're you're having. I want to I want to get that shit. Hey, Juice, it's your buddy Mixed Demand here, calling in with a shout out to the Turbo Team. That's Cody and Goon. Say, I want to know who you thought had the best night tonight outside of the main event, um, and, and Roxy, of course, too, because I know you're going to touch on that. Um, personally, I thought it was Drew Dober. I mean, this dude's come out twice as the underdog knocked his opponents out in convincing fashion uh i I think it's time for him to get a big big opponent uh follow up to that goon's girlfriend seems to think drew dober looks like a lego can't get it out of my head so do you or do you not also think drew dober looks like a walking talking lego get at me (laughs) dude i also can't unsee this now Yes, I'll agree 100% with that. Uh, I always thought, like, I couldn't put it, like, I, I, I couldn't put it together. Like, I definitely thought he looked like, like, like an action figure. Like, not just, like, like, usually people say that about, like, people's physiques, like, Yo Romero or whatever. But, like, no, like, in the face. Like, he looked like he's, like, like a toy. Like, some sort of thing. And, like, the shape of his face, dude, you hit on the, on the, on the, hit on the nose. Lego. Especially, dude, I've been playing Legos since I was two years old, literally. Uh, so that fucking made me uh, laugh so hard when I heard that. I would love to work for Lego. I've actually tried a couple times, which I can't really talk about on the podcast because it got really close. But um, fucking A. Um, by the way, Mixed Demand, this guy sent me two awesome Snapchats throughout the week. Um, one was a, was some feedback about this podcast, which was like really like the best thing I heard that day that really made me feel good and want to keep doing like I immediately wanted to record even though like fights weren't happening because this was like on a Tuesday or a Monday or something and I, I just like wanted to record right away I was like this is getting me hyped to fucking keep putting on content um so thank you for that and then he also <laughs> after Roxy won <laughs> did a little celebration which which made me chuckle like I was like ah <laughs> that was hilarious um Jesus, I forgot your question. Oh, who, who had the best, uh, the best performance of the night, or, or like the, I remember the question. Um, I gotta say, dude, it could. I think it probably was Drew Dober. Although, I'm gonna also say Brian Kelleher. Like, I think people counted him out, and they were high on O'Day coming in. Like, Drew Dober already like had a, like, he's definitely had, having a better time in his career than Brian Kelleher with those two back-to-back performances, but. Brian Kelleher needed this one, and he showed up in a big way. So for me, I, I think it's Brian Kelleher, especially having done it on the pay-per-view, getting a bump from being <laughs> bumped. That's funny. Um, having gotten bumped up from the uh, uh, from the undercard, like that he was going to be on the fucking fight press prelims. 
he skipped everybody and went to the fucking main card, uh, which is probably due to his opponent, but, but fuck it. Kudos to him for capitalizing on it. And he did work. Uh, that was a great performance. So uh, definitely, I think, Brian Kelleher. Uh, and in terms of, like, Drew Dober, dude, like, what's next for him? I'd say, um, uh, you know, it's like it's so hard. Like, matchmaking at 155 is so hard. It's just so stacked. And I almost feel like, you know what? Fuck it. Gregor Gillespie coming off a loss. That would be fun. I feel like that's the only way he'll he'll get a uh, a ranked opponent is, is someone coming off a loss like to to get that initial um, push into to, to get to crack the top fifteen and uh, I think it's gonna be gonna be Gregor I would love that fight actually uh, Drew Dober versus uh, Gregor Gaslepsi <laughs> from the last fight um, Thank you Mick for just your life and for uh, that question Juice Pam. I think Roxanne got a uh, performance bonus. What do you think? I mean, they gave one to fucking Diego, but God damn it, you finished Anthony Pettis. I could fucking finish Anthony Pettis. Not that big of a fucking deal. What do you think? <laughs> I love that Southern dialect. I wish you would call him more often. I could fucking finish Anthony Pettis. <laughs> I love everything about that, dude. Um, Yeah, dude. It's almost like, I feel like... If you're going to do this, like, it's such like a, a fucking boys club, such a fucking popularity contest, these stupid bonuses. Like, that's what, like, they gave out five. He's just like, how do you not give Connor a bonus? But then you don't want to rob the other people. Like, I'm glad he did it for that reason. So if, if you don't know, they gave out four, uh, sorry, five performance bonuses, and they usually only give out four. Like, it's it's one of that they've allocated, like, 200000 for those bonuses. They don't give out more. Uh, it used to be one fight of the night. Uh, and then two performance bonuses, but lately they've just been giving, I mean, so I guess they change it up depending if they have a clear cut fight of the night, but if there's like a lot of cool finishes, they'll just give out like four performance bonuses. And, uh, yeah, I, I think in that case, in, in that sense, she did get robbed. Um, which, cause like if you're, if you're going by performances, she fucking dominated and like they like if they're gonna not only give it to finishes, you might as well call it like finishing bonuses, you know. I don't know. Great question. I'm always happy when Roxanne gets brought up. Let's bring up Roxy every episode. <laughs> hey, what's up, Juice? It's Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, first off, got to start with shout out to the Happy Warrior. Roxanne Mudafari, I know that you're a huge fan, probably even bigger than I am, uh, but this totally made my night. Absolutely love it. Uh, could almost say that I didn't care from there on out what happened. Uh, I want to ask about Connor and Cowboy, but I'm not going to because everybody else is going to. So I'm curious, actually, um, talk about uh, Anthony Pettis tonight. Uh, to be honest, when the fights first started, I thought that he actually looked really good back at 155. Uh, I do think that's where he should stay. Um, but I'm curious your thoughts about that. I don't know. Maybe as he's getting older here, it's a little easier just to, to go back up to 170 and fight uh, where he's more natural at. But anyway, give us your thoughts on that fight and where Pettis goes from there. Thanks, man. Love this question. Um, first off, probably a bigger fan? Dude, I would say definitely. Uh, but I love that guy. Dude, shout out to his uh, artwork. Uh, it's something I look forward to seeing on Twitter, uh, especially the ones on the shoes. I love that. Um, man. Pettis, 
it's it's one of those things. I I didn't think he looked bad. Like I, uh, at least I thought like Fajardo was being more measured initially, which I was I was kind of surprised about, but I guess glad. Um, uh, but yeah, I, he he definitely looked. I he I, he's more of a natural fifty fiver than a one seventy pounder. But I think he's not now thinking about this uh, in the aftermath. I think he's a proponent for the one sixty five pound division as well. Um, I talk about this division a lot. I think it needs to happen. There's too much of a gap, and those are the two two most uh, f- full weight classes in the roster. So it's it's definitely warranted, and I think Pettis would would jump on it. So great question, Dave. Hey, what's up, Juice? It's um, Hayden. You know, living life, twenty twenty. Uh, you know, doing shit, getting shit done. 2020's been good so far, man. And we just had that fucking sick card last night. This morning, actually, for me. For us over in the UK. And BT still fucking... Yeah, I had, to, I had to watch a fucking stream off a of PlayStation. You kidding me, bro? Anyway, right? We saw Conor McGregor win again against Cowboy. Even, like, loving on him, I don't care. It was an exciting fight. He delivered. He delivered on a... He said... He did what he said he was going to do. He fucking steamrolled Cowboy. Uh, so, two questions are... What's your, like, overall thoughts of the card? Do you think it, like, delivered? And, um... What's next for McGregor after he flatline... Not flat... Steamrolls Cowboy like that after he just destroys Cowboy? What's next for McGregor? Great questions. Um... I think... First off, um, did the card deliver? I think I kind of said this at the top of the show. I think it did, but I, I will say, like, I admit that it definitely benefited from the drought. It definitely benefited from the fact that we went so long without a UFC that we were just like chomping at the bit. Um, so, in in terms of, of that, it delivered. But um, compared to other pay per views in the past, especially a Connor pay per view. Dude, like a lot of people said, like, oh, this sort of is like typical of a Connor pay per view because they will, you know, um, you know, he gets paid a lot and they only have a certain amount like allocated for each card, so they use that to like build up other names that they want to build, and there might be a lot of younger prospects and things like that. Bro, two twenty nine, the first, well, hopefully the only um, Khabib fight. They fucking had Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis as the co-main. You had Michelle Waterson on there. I think she fought Felice Herrick, which or somebody anyway. Um, and then you had fucking Derek Lewis, dude, fighting Alexander Volkov. Like that card was was stacked. So don't tell me. And like two hundred five, bro. Three title fights: Wonder Boy, Woodley, and goddamn Joanna uh, Carolina. Not to mention the whole undercard, Frankie Jeremy Stevens. Like, dude, Connor fights are usually packed, and this one was not that packed. That said, delivered some quality violence, so I was appreciative, and definitely Roxy winning. Like, that doesn't matter above above anything else. Like that, like you could have, like I said, it could have been like a fucking lackluster card of all time, and Ro- Roxy winning just like boop moves it to the, straight to the top. Um, so those are my feelings on the card. And, uh, in terms of Connor, his next step, I would like to see him if he's really serious about the 155 pound title. 
Um, because right now it seems like he's uh, like so up in the air, right? He's talking about 170, it's like the BMF, or if he wants to challenge Camaro, like that's sort of weird. But we're gonna get to this more in um in the forum. There's there's a nice question about it, but dude, I think uh, I think he should he should go down to 155 and fight Gaethje. Like that's the real that's the real fight. That's in my opinion, anyway. But thank you for your service, sir. All right, these next questions are from Oli Ra. Yo, what's going on, Juice? It's fucking Oli Ra here. Now, um, Conor McGregor, he's saying he wants to stay active. You know, he's talking about the season, three fights this year, and, um, you know, and, and over the next couple of years, he seems to be preparing to be active. So uh, my question to you is, will he defend a belt while being this active? Because I can see him fucking doing the same shit, chasing all the belts and still not defending one. Now give us a solid answer, brother. Catch up. Yeah, you know, just the kind of the way you ended it kind of sort of encapsulates how I feel about it. Like, to defend a title, you got to first get it. And if I'm honest... I don't see Connor getting a title by the end of the year. I don't. Um, it's even a stretch for the next two years, in my opinion. Just in terms of you look at who's holding those titles, I don't think he beats Khabib again. I have to fight 10 times. I think Khabib wins all 10. Um, I mean, maybe. Like, if, you're, if they legitimately fought t- 10 times, maybe one of those times Connor catches him. Maybe. You know what I mean? But for the most part, I think like Khabib's just going to dominate him. Um, I could see a scenario where Connor beats Tony, uh, but. That might be another thing where it's just like, you know, they fight 10 times, maybe maybe they win half of them, you know, like win one, one wins and the one wins the other. Um, it's most, And I definitely don't see him winning the um, the 170-pound title. Hell no. And I also don't see him being able to make featherweight ever again in his life, uh, nor should he. It's, it's unhealthy uh, with how fucking big he is. So, yeah, I, I don't think he's uh, going to be defending any titles. Unless they fucking create a McGregor belt, or got them, or if they fucking create the one sixty five pound belt, he's definitely not defending that. If he if he gets it, uh, you know, because I kind of think like Connor will be the one to to bring about one sixty five. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like it's got to be someone with that kind of star power that they're like, you know, this is worth doing this division for. Um, and I, I think it, I think it could be him. For what it's worth. Juicy juice, my fucking main man. How's it going? <sighs> fucking uh, kind of a Gregory flight week. Fucking hell, didn't think we'd uh, we'd have this <laughs> for a fucking long time, you know, if ever. Um, fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say. Ah, oh, that's it. Yeah, fucking Justin Gagey. And Leon Edwards seem to be the uh, two people most affected by by Conor McGregor's return, because um, Justin Gagey obviously, you know, Conor wants to jump in front of him in the title shot, and um, 
But then at the same time, you know, Masvidal wants to Connor fight, and Connor seems to want Masvidal, so he's kind of holding up Leon Edwards from getting a title shot as well. So it's kind of holding up both divisions right now. And uh, I just wanted to know if you think Justin Gagey and or Leon Edwards will get a title shot in 2020. So regarding the last part of that, I would hope that Connor trying to fight Masvidal doesn't hold up 170 because I would hope that if, you know, the UFC knows that um, that Jorge's going to fight Connor, that they would ultimately move on. Because, yes, in their eyes, he's the number one contender at the moment. But um, if, if uh, Leon Edwards beats Tyron Woodley at UFC London, that could definitely, you know, he could surpass that. And um, he would be deserving of a touchdown, in my opinion. So I would hope that if they make the Masvidal fight, that they would then book, you know, either like, well, I guess you could you could book a rematch if Tyron beats uh, Leon. Certainly, if Leon wins, I think he deserves that title shot one hundred percent. So, um, I, I I guess I hope Connor's not clogging up the one seventy pound division. Is what I'm saying. Um, that said, um, yeah, he has to fight Gaethje, in my opinion. If he's going to actually fight at 170, or sorry, fight at 155 and try and get the 155 title shot, he has to fight uh, Gaethje. Um, that's it, dude. That's it. Like, there is no ifs, ands, or buts. And I, I'm for the Jorge Masvidal fight. I would like to see it. I would very much be interested in that fight, but the Gaethje fight is also intriguing and just makes sense from a divisional standpoint more so at 155. So. Yeah, I guess to answer your question definitively, I, I would like to be an optimist and say, yes, I think Gaethje and Edwards are both going to get title shots in 2020. At least a shot. Um, I would not predict that either of them actually becomes champion if those uh, shots happen, depending on who holds the belt at the moment, or, you know, whenever they get them. But I would predict that they that they do. All right, these uh, that, that ends it for the voice questions. So... Before we get into the um, the Twitter forum, uh, this question was sent to me from the Rage and Sweet Potato. It's got quite a few, actually. He says, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how awesome is that 1 in Macy Barber's 8-1 record? Dude, it's a 15 at minimum. And it's, oh, we did, like, I, I can't even, like... Just the fact that it was her first loss as well, like that just makes it so much sweeter. Dude, I'm, I'm going to relish this for weeks to come. I can't believe there were so many lunatics picking Macy Barber, dude. Oh my gosh, this makes me so happy. Like, I feel like I've, I've been at, like, I, at this point, <laughs> I'm exhausted, of, or I've exhausted all my. Um, thoughts on this subject because I just have answered it so much and I talked about it already in my opening and the recap but yeah so awesome a second question he has he says the common thread that links people who thought Macy Barber was going to win is it stupidity ignorance or are they all just filthy rotten casuals of the lowest order also please shout out those who will be on the receiving end of all this glorious shit talk about Roxy's big win I gotta say there are, are some people that I respect who pick Macy, so I won't actually say any of those things. But in terms of people that don't fuck with... So 
who I'm going to talk about when I answer this, it's probably not anyone listening to this podcast. I would I would venture a guess that and there's, there's people that really picked her that are like fucking that deserve this thing. I would bet that they don't listen to the podcast. So like I said, there's a lot of people that I respect um, who picked Macy and that's fine. You can pick her, but you were wrong. Um, but uh, in terms of that, dude, just absolutely fucking kudas, dude. That's it. If you listen to the Congratulations podcast, it's a kuda. And what that means is a fucking barracuda see something shiny and they just go toward it and they just follow it like a pack. There's all barracudas going at once. Dude, fucking kudas. That's it. They were fucking kudas. That's the common thread, dude. And he says, also, please shout out those who will be on the receiving end of all this glorious shit talk about Roxy's big win. First off, I hate doing lists like this because I am going to miss somebody inevitably. So if you're reading this list and you feel you should be a part of it, um, it's possible that I didn't know. Maybe you're being quiet about it, but it's also very possible that I forgot. So let me just say, off the top of my head, yourself, sir, Raging Sweet Potato, uh, Laura, obviously, KGB, what's on it down, fucking uh, Alicia as well. Um, Jesus, I know I'm forgetting people. Um, oh, of course, Mitokayo, Hugo. El Otro Hugo, Juice, from the iFox with Juice podcast, and his co-host, Reen, they did a whole segment on it, and they even titled the episode, Can You Make Her Cry? Because uh, Reen said that she almost messaged Roxanne in Japanese. By the way, Reen is um, uh, Okinawan. She speaks Japanese. She was going to message Roxanne in Japanese saying, Can You Make Her Cry? Dude, that would have made me so happy. Uh, I wish she would have done that. Um, so, so them and... Uh, that's about goddamn it, dude. Everyone else was fucking counting her out. And they're, oh, uh, Kev, J- Kev Jitsu as well and Tev Talks MMA. Um, both both Massachusetts boys, so shouts to Massachusetts. Uh, fucking hell, dude. Like, besides that, and again, I'm probably forgetting somebody. Um, oh, Dean Robs, I believe. But besides that, dude. <laughs> oh, and Jim Asun. Do you see? Fuck, like, I'm already, like, I know I'm forgetting people. Um, but, uh, yeah. Fucking... Actually, maybe not Dean. I think Dean. We're going to go with that. But uh, anyways, there were plenty of people counting her out, dude. Plenty of people. This next question, dude. He says, what five words best describe how trashy Macy Barber was for snaking the microphone from Joe Rogan just to get her bullshit apology out? I like deepest depths of cunty ineptitude or... Mumbai trash collectors shoe scum. You know, I can't top that, but I'm gonna try. Um, self-serving, spoiled little brat. Uh, we're gonna go with. Uh, it's hard to do like five words. It's either gonna be less or more. Uh, completely incompetent, sore losing bitch. Now I just sound like a terrible person. I feel like Roxy is like disappointed in me. She's like, no, we should be. She needs more support this time. I'm sorry, Roxy. I'm incapable of of showing uh, empathy towards someone that shitty. I just am. <sighs> Man, that was fucking great. Uh, Kanye West wannabe. First of all, is wannabe two words or one? I think it's one. Kanye West wannabe. Looking ass. 
fucking habitual line stepper. Habitual line stepping microphone grabber. That's it. Fucking A. <laughs> one last one. These are all like fucking absolutely running Macy. Reading Macy Barber for filth. That's what that's what he was wanting me to do. It says, using Jeff Foxworthy's You Might Be a Redneck as a template. Please come up with insults for Macy. Like, if you look like a great value brand, catch me outside girl slash bad babby, you might be Macy Barber. Or... If you're more likely to be mistaken for a cheap Vegas hooker than a fighter, uh, you might be Macy Barber. Um, I feel like I should have like come up, like written some for this. I rely heavily on my ability um, to uh, come up with things on the spot. Raging Sweep always keeps me honest with these questions, keeps me on my toes. But uh, you can, you better believe in most of these questions. I'm going on the fly, and I definitely am in this one. Um, if you got your ass beat and uh, tr- tried to congratulate uh, your opponent on the mic, you might be Macy Barber. If you train with Ben Askren and learn learn from him on how to lose, you might be Macy Barber. Actually, fuck that. Ben Askren loses better than Macy Barber. He needs to train her on that, dude. I like it like at this point I would just be like be like just like spewing vitriol like I can't even be like fucking creative with it I would just be like if you're a, a fucking piece of shit <laughs> like that's what I would be um but that was great so I enjoyed every single one of those questions um fucking hell all right let's venture into the Twitter forum shall we uh disclaimer there were a lot of like replies in this which is great and it sort of like uh, goes along with the whole like theory or the whole like idea of the forum and why I wanted to do this because uh, I didn't want to just like say questions. I want to say this is like a post by forum for five fans to kind of come together and talk talk to each other. So I didn't want it just to be like a one way communication between me and someone else. I want y'all to communicate with each other as well. That said, that always fosters um, sub sub like sub tweets and and like replies within the thing. And I fucking I'm like bound to miss questions, so I'm sorry if that happens. Uh, first of all, um, it's, it's, uh, uh, this question is from Ashwin, uh, Omnishwin. That's the handle. He said, "Did you hack Usman's account during Roxy's fight just so that more people would tune in?" I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. There are so many amendments. And I plead. I plead the fifth. The fifth. No, I didn't hack Usman's account. That guy was fucking... I did a whole segment about the N-word last week and how you shouldn't use it. And that guy was like using it uh, like so much. Like, Wow. Uh, I literally was like, I felt, I felt like such a, a, a clown as well. When I saw the first one, um, and I don't mean in chronological order, like just like the first one I saw, it said like, I'm going to, I'm going to like destroy, um, Tori Samame's, uh, wife, you Irish. First of all, they're not married. So do your research troll, whoever the fuck that was. Um, second of all, it was like Irish pussy ass N word. Um, I'm going to destroy, like, I was just like, Report. I fucking literally reported it. I don't know why. Um, Because I'm 100% that dude. Uh, 
but uh then the other ones like people started sending me screenshots as in like oh hello obviously hacked i was like yeah well i didn't get that i don't spend my fucking time on kamar usman's page dude the tweet popped up in my timeline i reported it he is a piece of shit now do i believe what connor said in the press conference absolutely he said was it hacked probably but was it also uh something that ali would do absolutely um that's how I feel. so that, that was what i think on the first one that i saw i was like dude uh ali this could be a fucking classic classic ali abdelaziz vintage ali abdelaziz um but uh yeah after seeing the other stuff and the, he's like oh god i'm gonna release the bank account like definitely hacked definitely hacked and just like wow like this is like one of the worst like i feel like that that whoever that kid was because I'm sure it was a kid that like did that was just like drunk with power like oh my god it actually fucking worked and it was just like like going off like that's when the fucking monsters from like reddit come out of the woodworks and just like say the most vile things all right uh next question from MMA assault at MMA assault one he says do you buy into this whole new persona from Connor uh or is it a PR stunt and you know what? I have to tread carefully here. Uh, I've said this on the show before. There is a, a thing on MMA Twitter that I'm not a fan of, and that is if you say anything positive about Connor, you're seen as like a dick rider or like a casual or like you don't know what you're talking about. You haven't been watching the sport long enough. You haven't earned what I've earned. And you need to go back to watching, you know. That's what I have to say about that. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to be positive and say it could be both. Um, like, do I buy into it to an extent? I definitely think the other shoe's about to drop. Like if, if for some reason they do the, um, the second fight with Khabib, do I think the buildup is going to be any less nasty? I mean, it's hard to, to get nastier than what it was. It definitely was like one of the darkest press conferences in UFC history ever. Um, it fucking fight promotion ever. I mean, that was just so nat. Like all the things that happened um, with the dolly and everything, and Habib slapping Artem, and Habib jumping into the cage. Like that whole fucking circus was trash. And so, do I think that he's gonna be better? Like, I think in this one, I think in this one was different because I think he genuinely does respect Cowboy. Uh, I think he like genuinely was like. You know, I'm happy that this guy's uh, getting a payday. Um, uh, I respect his fucking work ethic. Um, you know, whatever. And uh, I, I think it's just sort of a product of that. I, I, I don't think this is going to be like a new persona per, per se. But I also think, like, after watching some of the interviews, like, I genuinely think he was off his fucking rails in the last one because he was probably doing coke, let's be fair, and definitely his whiskey. I mean... I can't believe I was so like dumb to like, like if so if someone else was like drunk at a press conference, I'd be like, oh, they're fucking, like, unhinged or they're fucking whatever. But for some reason, Connor doing it, I think it's just because it was his own whiskey and he was like promoting it. Him drinking, I was like, ah, eh, whatever, live your life. But uh, looking back, I'm like, dude, of course. Like, why didn't I think he was a fucking alcoholic? Like, he was like, yeah, I drank on fight week, and I was like, bro, bad idea. So I I really think that 
um, this is not necessarily a new persona, it's just like sober Connor, you know what I mean? Um, and then not that he's going sober, you know, in general, but just that he was sober for this fight camp. You know, he said after the fight, he's now toasting his whiskey and things like that. So, um, yeah. By the way, shameless plug, um, on, um, on my other podcast, Mixed Martial Opinions, years ago, uh, well, a year and a half ago, we did a review of the Proper 12 Whiskey, and uh, my fucking friend, who is like a whiskey aficionado, was like, oh, it's got notes of paint thinner, which was so funny to me. He was not being, like, he wasn't making a joke. He was saying, literally, it is like paint thinner. And then he ended up saying, like, he's like that's not a, a, a dish, you know, people look for that in, in whiskeys of this uh, price range. And I was like, huh, fucking A. Um... All right, this next question is from Alicia at Caffeine Cornet, who I mentioned earlier was holding it down on the Roxy crew. Um, she says, why do some fools got to try to pull a Kanye on other fighters and steal the mic? Dude, I already talked about it, but I'm going to talk about it again. This was so low class. Dude, all the fucking people that were just like, oh, uh, Macy's not... Um, a bully. It's just swagger. Eat shit, dude. You saw what she did on the fucking microphone. Eat my asshole. That was fucking uncalled for. Who else does that? Joe Rogan should have fucking snatched the mic back from her and face planted her and said, I'm sorry, ma'am. Get away. I'm sorry. Who are you? I'm sorry. Who let you in this octagon? You homeless? Get out of here. Blech. Joe Rogan said did that. He should have been like, oh, I'm sorry. Blech. Fucking A. Macy Kanye Barber. That's what the fuck she should be called now. Because you can't be the future anymore. Alright. Here's where there's a lot of replies. So if you replied to Phil's tweet and you have a legitimate question, um, I'm sorry, because I'm not getting to it. There's too many of them. He got a back and forth with a lot of people. Shout out to Phil. He's always, uh, like, fighting people on Twitter, which is great. Um... Uh, and uh, hosts a great podcast, uh, co-hosts, uh, The Split Decision. He says, and it's obviously Phil the MMA dude, he says, Connor refused to say who is next for him, and then Dana proceeded to scream that Jorge is fighting Kamaru next. Uh, why do you think Connor was so hesitant to call another welterweight, despite declaring he wanted to stay at that weight in his post-fight speech? My theory is that he's going to try and bully Gaethje to take the fight at 170. I think Connor's going to start going after other lightweights and demanding it be at 170. Hope I'm wrong, of course. And he said, also, congrats on Roxy. What should be next for her? Now, I did see earlier that someone replied to that with Jessica I, which I don't hate. Um, and I didn't think of that before. Uh, but I don't hate that. They're two, two, you know, kind of veterans and, um, you know, Jessica just got back on track with a nice win. So, so I like that, but I also, um, doubled down on my answer from your question last week. Um, I do think the winner of, uh, Lauren Mueller and, um, or sorry, Lauren Murphy, not Lauren Mueller, that's a completely different fighter, Lauren Murphy and, um, and, uh, uh, Andrea Lee, uh, would be, would be the next for her. Um, which actually, that's funny that I, I said the wrong Lauren because when, uh, Lauren Murphy was in the tough house, fucking Eddie Alvarez kept calling her Barb on accident. And she's like, my name is Lauren and DC did it on her fucking debut, dude. <laughs> she almost walked out on him. Fuck Lauren Murphy. Um, just kidding. Um, 
I actually like that Laura Murphy tweeted out that she was like, you know, Macy was being like a fucking child when she took the mic. So shouts to Laura Murphy for holding it down. Now, in terms of this Connor situation, uh, let's talk about this for a second. I was completely baffled when he when he just said he literally said that the Connor version of whoever the UFC wants. I mean, are you fucking serious? This is a guy that was like. You know, I'll I'll take on anyone. I'll take on Mini Mendez. Uh, Jose's next. Uh, got, you know, give me his head on a platter, or whatever. All this shit, calling out the fucking champ, saying he's gonna be, you know, two division champ. All those things. Always had a name on the mic, or at least uh, uh, an, an inspiring like post fight speech to like get a good fight. And he fucking blew it, dude. He was like, "We'll see. There's options." Uh, I have this guy, you know, I can fight this. Any of these can get it. Any of them can get it. Like he did like the fucking, you know what he did? He was like a knockoff of the fucking Darren Till speech when Darren Till was like, any of those yous can get it. Fuck everyone. Like that's what the fuck that was. I, I just can't believe it. Now, in terms of your theory about Connor uh, bullying other lightweights to come up to 170, I don't think the UFC is going to let that happen. Um, and not that they don't cater to him, like I'm not, um, I'm not diminishing that value. I just don't think like they, they, they know that Gaethje's in line for the title, um, at 55 and like, why would he do it? I think the only reason like this even was at 170 and the Nate fight could have been a 170 as well is that Nate, both Nate and Cowboy had fought at 170. So it's not completely outside the realm of possibility. Um, I think it's just one of the things where he has to decide like, what weight class am I going to be in? And like Kavanaugh had this quote in his interview with Ariel, which I thought was just so fucking like elitist. And he's like, I don't see the point of cutting weight unless it's for a title. Like, bro, if you're not willing to earn a 155 pound title fight, don't fucking fight at 155. If you want a fucking title and you want to fight at 170, then go for the 170 title and get fucked by Usman in the ass. Okay. That's what I think about that. Goddamn ridiculous. He needs to get his shit together. He needs to hire a real nutritionist, not zero integrity George Lockhart. He needs to hire a real nutritionist, get to 155 proper, and uh, get that ass from, from Gaethje. Fuck out of here. Also, Rachel Sweeptail came in the forum to say, I just wanted to say that I very much enjoyed Macy Barber's performance last night and would love to see a repeat in her next fight. And <laughs> fucking mixed them in. That was the best version of Macy I've ever seen. <laughs> Go ahead. Flex on him. Fuck Macy Barber. I hope I hope all y'all are peeping these replies. And I hope I hope none of you are skipping past this either. I hope all you that pick Macy Barber are fucking forced to listen to this. And I'm 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 coming for your addresses to fucking send you a bag of shit from poopsenders.com. All right, this uh, next uh, tweet is from Cyrus King, the man Cyrus. This is another one that had some replies, and I'm only going to read one because I know it's not a question. Um, And uh, he says, after the Anthony Pettis fight, what is next for him? Different weight classes has not worked for Showtime. Changing camps hasn't worked. Where does Anthony go from here? To be, (laughs) and then this is the reply. Super Taylor goes, home. (laughs) Where does he go? Home. (laughs) I mean... So simple and to the point. Um, bro, honestly, I think the only like move that makes sense for Anthony Pettis, like for real, 
if they do it at some point later in this year, is is fighting a 165. Like they have to make that division, or he has to either convince someone like his friend, like maybe Kiesa. They already fought at 155, but I know Kiesa wants that one back, and maybe he uh, or or if RDA beats Kiesa, um, I know Pettis wants that one back. So I think they just make a fucking agreement to be like, hey, let's win at 165. Although RDA already blew that with fucking Kevin Lee. Um, so definitely not RDA, but the Kiesa might be down. I feel like Kiesa would be. Um, that little weasel. Just kidding. Uh, Kiesa's cool. But um, I definitely think uh, Pettis should fight at 165 next because that's it, dude. Like, it's time for them to fucking take action. Like, I can't be the only one talking about 165 here. All right. Um, so this next one is from Josh, who posts stupid shit at All Dumb Posts. Love this guy. He says, two things. Is Conor versus Gaethje the best fight to make that will never happen? Uh, and then he says, is Stephen A. Smith the worst MMA analyst in UFC history? Conor wants nothing to do with Justin, and Stephen A. called Cowboy weak and a quitter who wasn't prepared. Join me in one, two, three. Fuck Stephen A. I'll say that again since you weren't ready. One, two, three. Fuck Stephen A. Yes, we're 100% Online here, everything you just said, I agree with. Although, I do see a scenario where they do make that Gaethje fight. Especially since Ali is Gaethje's manager. Like, that's that's not just a fight with Gaethje. That's a fight with Ali. And that's, like, if Connor's management is serious about fucking fight game, and, and Dana are, are serious about actually building up Connor back to what he once was, they know he has to get through Gaethje. This is like, like it was seen as just such a, a fucking, like... Not a good move when he when he picked Cowboy, which I thought was disrespectful to Cowboy. But seeing how that fight went, like I get it now. Like you had to fight Justin. That's it. You fucking blew it. All right. This next question is from Microcosm. One of my favorite names on here because it's his name, Mike, but it's Microcosm. He says, "What do you think the UFC plan for uh, Macy Barber is now that Roxy crashed her hive train?" The plan better be to fucking kick her out of here or uh, let her fight at 115 again. That's where she needs to go. Uh, she needs to fight after Amanda Hibas gives Paige Van Zandt the business. She needs to either fight... Well, I don't think the UFC is going to resign Paige, so that, so that ship has sailed. But then she needs to fight um, Amanda Hibas and get that fucking work. Or she goes back down and fights uh, Mackenzie Dern because um, that's actually a winnable fight for Macy. She could get uh, Mackenzie on the feet, because Mackenzie's striking is... Uh, <clears throat> but uh, Mackenzie can also choke Macy the fuck out. So, yeah, dude. Go back to 115 with that ass. All right, next question is from... I, I never know how to say this guy's name. It's Kim Claus. K-I-M-K-L-O-Z. I don't know if it's Kim K. Laws or if it's Kim Claus. Anyway, uh, it's Kim Claus underscore four. Uh, it says, how do you score? How did you score the Feely Yusuf bout? I had it 28-28. First to Feely, second to Yusuf, 10-8, and third to Feely. So uh, disagree with that. Uh, and again, I said before, it's a close fight. So I'm never like, you know, wanting to say a robbery or like whatever. A lot of those rounds were close, but I had Yusuf winning those rounds. Uh, maybe third to Feely, but I think Yusuf got the first round and the second round for sure. Um, not met at the 10-8, so, 
it might have, and if I you know done it that way, then he would have beat him. What is that? Twenty nine, twenty seven. Um. So yeah. Uh, next question from Dave Fretz. Oh no, he sent in the voice question. So yeah, my man. All right. Uh, this is from Get Faded Three Sixty Five. He says, "Yo, how wild was Marty's corn rage rant on Twitter about fucking McGregor's wife?" And then Mix that has the uh, screenshots there says, "For reference and educational purposes." So if you didn't see those tweets because they've been taken down now, for sure, go check out the forum uh, on my, on my uh, Twitter. Um, and uh, Mix that has the fucking screenshots. Um, yeah, let me just read this real quick. This is from Kamaro. Well, it's not from Kamaro because he got hacked, but this is the fucking thing. It says, I'll be raw dogging the fuck out of Notorious MMA's wife on gang. N word. Uh, no. And then he also says, he has a screenshot of, of fucking Kamaro's bank account, apparently. Um, I think this is probably doctored. I don't think it's literally his bank account. Although, if you hacked his Twitter, maybe you can also hack his bank account. Like, if you got his password, you know what I'm saying? Um, but apparently, he has like um, 506,001, 48 in savings or something like that. I don't fucking know. Oh, no. 48 is in the checking, 440 is in the savings, and the total is 506. Anyway, um, that was the screenshot. And then his caption was he says, tweeting his bank password when I hit 1K followers on God. And then at probably the real guy, it's 1337 Luca. And you know what? That was funny as fuck too. When I found it was hacked and I went to the page, the last thing that they retweeted was a tweet from someone from December 31st, uh, 2019. So a couple of weeks ago that said, I'm burning my computer. The feds uh, will never catch me or something like that. Or FBI will never catch me. I'm like, did you retweet that just to tell like rather than typing it? Like, what the fuck? Like, did you find an old tweet and read, like, is that you? I mean, it wasn't that 1337 Luca, I don't think. Uh, anyway, dude, yeah, it was fucking bananas. And if, if you didn't figure out by now, it, he was hacked, uh, which uh, initially I was like, okay, really? And then people were, like, sending me screenshots and fucking, like, educating me. And I was like, okay, yeah, he was hacked. Um, but I do like to believe the motherfucking uh, Ali theory. At least on some of those tweets. Let's be real. No, but these are clearly from like a fucking like 16-year-old. Like just, ugh. I don't know. Yeah, it was goddamn ridiculous. And yeah, again, they're not married because McGregor hasn't put a ring on it. Next question is from Dean Raubs at Raubstein. Shout out to Dean. Uh, I hope I was right in saying that he picked Roxy because I fucking hope to God he did. Uh, he said, I see Dana jumped on the inevitable Habib slash McGregor rematch. The first fight was embarrassing for Connor. If he's talking pay-per-view sales, okay. But comparing it to Ali Frazier, Ali Foreman is ridiculous. Was the first fight a fluke? Did I watch a different fight? What's your take? Yeah, dude, I, th- I think, I think he's definitely comparing it to, um, like sales. I think he's talking in terms of like it doing like big business, like, um, if I'm honest, like, I don't want to see that fight. Like, I don't, th- I, it wasn't a fluke. And I like, I thought DC had the perfect assessment. And he was like, I don't think Connor could do any better because he did well. Like, he actually gave pro- Connor props in his, like, takedown offense. I think Chael said the same thing. Both, um, you know, Olympic wrestlers. So, like, what the fuck? When you have those people saying, you know, he did as 
good as could be expected and maybe even better like i don't think you know you could expect a different fight but would i watch it would i watch him get dominated again yeah um also because i just watch every card like i'm not I'm not gonna like tune out just because of that so i think that's what he's saying because historically rematches do big business um the uh like he he was talking about the fight he wish he could have made was the rematch between Holly and Ronda like that would have fucking broke records, um, but uh yeah I I really think like it's so fucking bananas crazy that they're talking about uh giving Connor a rematch when like when he just beat Cowboy at one seventy, like it doesn't matter that Cowboy's last fight before this was at fifty five and then he's been a career fifty five er other than the last couple of years but like dude. No. Unequivocally, no. Unabashedly, no. <sighs> All right, this next question is from Hectic One. Shouts to the best memes on my Twitter. He makes his own memes. It's Hectic underscore one. Hectic is spelled with a K. One is spelled out like the word. And he says, can you just talk about Roxy's fight? First of all, I already commented, but... Ask and ye shall receive. My man, I, I'm telling you, like people around me were annoyed. Like I was so, and like I was tweeting from my, from my computer most of the night because I was on the FWM account, but I had people blowing up both accounts. And like at one point I literally like when the fight started, I had to like close the laptop. I was like, okay, okay, watch the fight. That's it. We got to focus on Roxy right now. We got to focus on Roxy. She needs this, she needs Juju. I was getting the spear bomb ready. I was sending out my energy. And then, dude, she was piecing her up. There was not a single second in that fight where I was worried for her. I'm telling you. It, it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. Because I normally am, like, you know, nervous as shit. But I was just like, no. She's on fire. I think I talked about it a lot. But you give me an opportunity, I'm going to talk about it. Alright, this next This isn't a question. But this is from fucking from Wee Lens. Uh It's new and improved Wee Lens. She says, listen to the end of this. I think we found the intro to your podcast. Um, let me fucking start it over. Gregor this morning. Uh, he stands to make up to $80 million for the fight. Uh, he won so, so quickly. A fantastic return to the hexagon. <laughs> Fantastic returns to the hectagon. Dude, I fucking wish they fought on a hectagon. Which is British for hectagon. Um, bro. I'm just getting to this now. I don't know how I missed it. Bro, this guy... At Real Rude Boy V. Probably Roman numeral 5. But I'm just going to say V. He tagged Connor. He says, At Notorious MMA... Had that shoulder move from YouTube. Probably learned it from at Drossos underscore Nick. Bro. Uh, I feel like I lost some IQ points reading that tweet. I mean, What? That guy didn't invent shoulder bumps. And fucking... 
He's not the first one to do it. I don't think Connor would be learning shit from YouTube. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. That's what I should be coming. That's my comment. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. And that is, without a doubt, the weirdest note to end any forum ever. But that's the last question, and I don't have anything else. So thank you, everyone, that participated in the forum. Um, as always, you can send in uh, questions anytime. But uh, keep in mind, um, if it's about a fight that's coming up and you send it after Sunday or like late on a Sunday when the episodes are released, um, I already talked about that fight. So by the time the next episode airs, those fights will have already happened. So, so just keep that in mind whenever you're sending in those questions early. Otherwise, keep them coming. I love it. It keeps my week going. Uh, so you can send them at any time. Uh, I tweet out the link uh, on every forum post, but it's um, anchor.fm slash fighting with myself slash message. You can also, it's very easy to download the Anchor app and search um, fighting with myself and then just hit message. Seems to be the easiest way. Uh, you can also, if you want, uh, those time those uh, questions have a one-minute time limit, so um, you can also record it on your own and email it to me at fightingwithmyselfpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also email me just a verbal question if you like, like just a written one. Um, I don't know why you would, but you can definitely do that. Um, so, yeah, uh, keep being active on that because it uh, makes this show great. And uh, that uh, concludes the forum, like I said, so... So let's uh, now move on to the preview for next week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now we come to the part of the evening when we are, well, when I say we, I mean me, I'm giving my picks for UFC Raleigh. Uh, it's going down next week, um, January 25th in um, Raleigh, North Carolina. Is it North Carolina or is it South Carolina? we got to find that out. And just says PNC Raleigh. So that's super helpful, UFC. I know people that are like from there, like, oh, North Carolina and South Carolina are so different. But I'm sorry. I can't tell the difference. And that's how bad I am at being an American. But um, I went through this whole card. The only uh, uh, card on the prelims that I, uh, only fight on the prelims, rather, that I want to uh, talk about is um, Arnold Allen fighting Nick Lentz. Now, if you missed last week, or even if you did, it bears repeating, you know, fuck Nick Lentz. If you're uh, a human being with any sort of reasonable capacity for anything, you know, fuck Nick Lentz. Now, I also love Arnold Allen because I'm an Anglophile, and Arnold Allen has hilarious interviews where he talks about his father being on steroids from being a weightlifter, so funny. Um, definitely shaved that mustache on and on, but so funny. Um, and talented as fuck. He put a clinic on Gilbert Melendez. Uh, he also had that great like front choke or ninja choke uh, against, I want to say, Mads Brunel. Uh, I love this guy's fights. Uh, had a great fight against Makwan Amir Khani as well. Um, I just remember Makwan shit the bed in his fight against Shane Burgos. <laughs> Makwan. But, uh, yeah, uh, Arnold Allen uh, should beat the piss out of Nick Lentz. This is this is one where, like, if, if Arnold Allen loses, I will be genuinely upset. Like, not only because uh, I would be upset if he lost, but I'm uh, be upset if Nick Lentz won, like, against anybody. Uh, I mean, not anybody, but, like, just in general, Nick Lentz winning is not good for my mental health. So, 
I'm hoping that Arnold beats the shit out of him. I'm predicting a um, probably a decision. Arnold is not really a finisher, but during the fact that Nick Lentz is coming in short on us, maybe we'll get like a third round TKO. Um, that said, moving on to the main card, uh, opening up the uh, opening up the card, we got Jamahal Hill taking on Darko Stasic. Now, if you remember, Darko Stasic is the guy that kicked Kennedy Zichuku in the dick about three times. And there's that great um, meme that we've got out of it where he's like throwing his hands up going like, no, when he got the point deduction. Motherfucker is the patron saint of dick kicks. And there's if there's one thing I hate, it's a guy that kicks another guy in the dick. So regardless of any sort of technical breakdown, regardless of uh, my knowledge of Jamal Hill's fights, you know, my extensive knowledge on Jamal Hill, I'm picking him. Uh, and that's just because Darko Stas' dick kicker is on the list. Now, he could redeem himself if he goes this entire fight and maybe two other fights without a single dick kick and wins those emphatically. But for now, fuck Darko Stasi. Uh, so that's how I feel about that fight. Now, the next uh, the next fight on the on the docket here, we got uh, my girl Angela Hill taking on Hannah Cyphers. And let me just say, there's a lot of Angela Hill hate on the timeline, and I'm not here for it, dude. What the fuck is that? Angela Hill comes to bang every single fight. She puts on exciting performances. She beat the fuck out of that girl that looked like uh, the No Regrets guy from Where the Millers. She beat the fuck out of her. Um, she also had a, a war with Jessica Andrade. She was the former Invicta champion. Put some his spec on her name, dude. Angie Overkill, are you kidding me, dude? That fucking awesome shirt that she got. I think Jim Asun got one. I want to get one. I want to get one. The fucking skull with the afro. Are you kidding me? Angela Hill is badass. Hannah Cyphers, I like. I like how, like... Fucking dude, I want to say I made a post about I want to, I don't know if Hannah Cyphers like Google's her name or whatever. Not Google, but searches on Twitter like Megan Estrin does. Um, sorry, Megan, but um, uh, I definitely made a post about like you know shouting out fighters you like or something like that. And um, Wally, you know, aka Tell Me Sup, was like, um, I <laughs> said, oh, not not my favorite, but someone I like enjoying is Hannah Cyphers, and she fucking responded with like the monocle emoji or something like that, like. Was like, Whoa. and I had said like, oh, I like how nervous she is in interviews. I think I said that before she came with the with the emoji, and I was like, oh, none of us tagged you, Hannah Cyphers. Why did you see this? Sorry. So uh, she's so cute, but uh, uh, Angela Hill's gonna do work here. Uh, I think this is gonna be a fun fight either way. Um, I can actually see a finish. I could see Angela Hill getting a TKO maybe late, like in the third round. Because also, Angela Hill, like, never fades, dude. Um, I've never seen her gas out. I could be wrong. Like, you know, show me a time. I mean, I mean certainly earlier in her career, like, when, when Rose, like, finished her. But that was also when she was just, like, a Muay Thai fighter fighting in MMA. But now she's she's just a complete fighter. She's training at Alliance with Dominic Cruz and everybody over there. So, shouts to Angela Hill. Uh, next up, we got Jordan Espinoza taking on Alex Perez. Now... I like Jordan Espinosa, but if I had to pick a guy that I like more than Jordan Espinosa, 
as Alex Perez. Uh, I think this guy's style is exciting. I'm looking for... Dude, flyweights come to fucking fight. I don't care what anyone says, dude. I don't care about anyone thinking they should close this division. Um, you know who you are. Someone listening to this podcast. But uh, for real, um, Alex Perez is going to is gonna do work here, I think. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for him to get that done. Um I mean, to be honest, it's one of those things where uh, I would be happy for either guy, but I'm definitely, I'm taking Alex Perez on this one. And that's how I feel about it. Now, RDA, Rafael Dos Anjos, is taking on Michael Chiesa. I've been, dude, I've been wondering about um, if I'm saying his last name wrong. I need, I need Fernanda Praches to weigh in on this because um, I've, I've learned that it's Jose Aldo, but is it Anjos? Because I've been hearing Anjos for years. And I think that's right. Because that makes sense. Because I know they don't usually put the, the tilde over the N. They like if it's definitely if it's A O N S it's Anos, like Feliz Ano Nuevo, not Año. And it's definitely not Amanda Nunez, like some people say it's Nunez. So I'm thinking it's Anos. Uh I've never more like cared about the pronunciation of someone's name more so than I do right now. Uh, that said, uh, I like RDA, but I like Kiesa more. For sure, get better tattoos, but I like Michael Kiesa more. Um, I uh, I like that he's a he's a mama's boy. Like I like that the whole thing with Kevin Lee. Like that was sort of ridiculous, but uh, it's um, it it's something that's like endearing. And I think, like, to be honest with you, like, the biggest reason for that is that I got interested in his career from The Ultimate Fighter when he uh, literally won his debut, goes into, like, to the and it was the only live season of The Ultimate Fighter, right? Usually it's, like, pre-recorded, they tape it. Um, he, it was live, and he fucking um, was, like, shouted out his, his dad um, on his win. And he was like, love you, dad. And then, because he knew he was sick, and then his dad died, like, at the end of that episode or whatever, like, whenever they filmed it. Um, and so they literally, like, he flew home to go to the funeral and came back. Like, they let him do that. They usually don't let you leave. Um, and then he ended up winning that season. So, like, I respect the hell out of Michael Chiesa. I also love his, his newfound life at 170. He did that one-armed Kimura against Carlos Condit and the absolute domination of Diego Sanchez, you know, regardless of him having a fucking legit coach or not. He still did that work. And uh, I think he's going to do work here too. I think RDA's kind of struggled against wrestlers. He seemed to have kind of corrected that against Kevin Lee, although Kevin Lee didn't really use his wrestling as much. So I think uh, Kiesa is, first of all, bigger than Kevin Lee, bigger than RDA as well. He's just like, he's a fucking, he's like filled out at 170. So uh, I definitely think uh, this would be, uh, a good fight, and I'm taking Michael Chiesa. And now, at last, we've come to the main event of the evening. We got number three ranked Curtis Blades taking on number four JDS. I had no idea either of them was ranked that high. That's why I mentioned that. Um, and it's so hard for me to like reconcile my love for JDS against my want for Curtis Blades to succeed, because I actually like. Like, one of the reasons I like Curtis Blades is really legitimately because he comes out to the Mortal Kombat song, and that's fucking badass. Um, but sometimes I, like, 
I want him to like talk more. Although um, I definitely like his fight against Justin Willis. That got him like fired up, and I was like, dude, that's the kind of shit you need. But other than that, he just like doesn't want to like promote his fights in that sort of way. He doesn't like to talk trash. He doesn't like to even like say anything. Um, so like for some for some reason, like he's kind of blasé, and I just like I want him to succeed more because um he's definitely got a unique skill set for the division and um mostly i want him to stay succeeding so that when greg hardy tries to get into that fucking top game he can smother that bitch and just like fucking wrestle fuck him for god i hope it would be like a main event so it would be five rounds like a fight night somewhere where he just like fucking ragdolls him all over the fucking place like that would just make me incredibly happy so for that reason honestly i'm picking curtis blades but i could definitely see jds catching him on the way in with like an uppercut or something like i i, I legitimately thought jds could beat francis Ngannou because i thought his boxing was more crisp just against the power of francis Ngannou. but he was not fighting the way i needed him to fight man that was fucking abysmal against Ngannou. and i say that with the utmost respect for jds and just for fighters in general but that was abysmal he came up with those looping shots and then turned around dude turned his back and then Nganu like just fucking uppercutted him from the back that shit was embarrassing and I love JDS I love his fucking anytime he sings like that brings me life um and I love that he was on the fucking Brazilian version of Dancing with the Stars um what did be called like Bailando con Estrelas or something like that. I'm trying to think of the Portuguese version of that. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I saw it once, but um, that just shows my lack of knowledge of the Portuguese language. I try so hard, dude. I fucking I sang a Portuguese song on Instagram one time, and um, uh, this uh, Portuguese guy, Alex, shout out to this guy. Um, when I'm singing my happy birthday song, and I looked up happy birthday in Portuguese, and the other thing was like a song that they sing in Brazil. And uh, it was like, Parabéns para você, felicidade, or something. Fuck, I, I, I can't remember. It was so hard for me to, like, grasp. And, I, and, like, and when I did grasp it, I didn't sound good. Like, I just couldn't think. And I literally go on fucking Fernanda's Instagram, and um, her sister is singing it to, like, a little girl and making, like, sounding so good. And I was like, God, fucking shit the bed on that one. But I, I concede that I did sing... There's, I fucking have a video of this. Uh, Michael Bublé has a song with uh, Ivan Lins, and uh, it's a cover of Eric Clapton's Wonderful Tonight. And basically, um, Ivan sings like a Portuguese translation of those lyrics. And uh, that I slayed. I don't give a fuck. But however, um, that was a, a tangent about Portuguese for no reason, because that's what I do on this show. Um but yeah, I think Curtis Blade is going to do work here. Um, JDS has got like good takedown defense, but Curtis Blade is just relentless. And I think over five rounds, he's just going to be able to like smash him. Like, I, I think we could see a repeat of the Overeem performance. I really do. Um, it's it's one of those things like Curtis Blade's impressed the fuck out of me with his fight against uh, Shamil Abdul Rahimov uh, last time out. And, uh, I think Curtis Blades fighting anyone but Nganu is a force. That's just my opinion. So, like, I think Nganu just has his number and, like, has the power to, like, fucking knock out anybody. Uh, but before 
before Engano fought Stipe, Curtis was the only one to take him into the into the second round, which was like a feather in his cap. So, I mean, that didn't do well because the the their second fight was like thirty seconds long. But um, I think again, not fighting Engano, Curtis Blades is going to do work. So that's how I feel. These are actually some fun fights. I'm definitely sad as fuck that we didn't get to fight with uh, Frankie and Corey Sanhagen. That bums me out a lot. Obviously, because Frankie lost against uh, Korean Zombie, that bums me out. But I really wanted to see him at 135, and I want to see Corey Han- Sanhagen, who's a prospect I fully believe in. So uh, I guess it's a blessing in disguise that um, I ended up because I would definitely have to um, pick Frankie, but that I'd be rooting against Corey, which I don't like because I, I, I love that guy as well. And I just, I hate, like, like for me, it would be like when Roxy and, and Molly McCann, if they ever match them up, that'll be a fucking a sad day for me. So that's just how I feel about that. Uh, and I guess we're going to end on that note. So uh, thank you guys for listening. You can uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at FWM underscore pod. Um, if you want to actually interact with me on Twitter, uh, FWM pod is not the one to do it. Definitely hit me up on my personal Twitter, which is Aaron Ish Jackson. And um, yeah. As always, good night and good fights.